everybody it's blake and this is drew and you're listening to the lock stock and two smoking controllers podcast Hey everybody, and welcome to episode 81 of the podcast. We hope everybody enjoyed the last episode uh, with Chad Kinkle. We had really enjoyed recording the episode, and he was a really interesting and entertaining guy. We think we really enjoy his movies, so if you haven't already, go try to find uh, his movies wherever you can You know, find pretty much digital movies. You can go ahead and purchase, purchase them or rent them there, or you can try to look him up on the uh, Arrow website and there's a pretty cool collection of the there's like a bundle of the two movies uh together uh so do all do that for him and support you know follow him on all the socials and support him and you know get ready get ready for his next movie whenever it may be released this episode we have one game for you it's a game that's uh big enough that we thought it warranted uh discussion on its own it's uh, one of the few AAA games we'll discuss. We think AAA games get enough talk as it is, but uh, I will say the reason we're discussing this one is because we both, no, they don't spoil it, we both enjoyed this game, mm-hmm. kind of both thought we wouldn't, and both managed to uh, play it through to at least one of its, like its main conclusion, I guess. There, there's, there's an extended ending, which we'll discuss why we hadn't done that yet with the podcast, but before we get into that, and I, I talk too much right on the front end, I'm going to bust through our social media, internet presence, preamble nonsense. You can know where to find us and follow us and do all that fun stuff. We're on all the normal things, of course, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Discord, and Twitch. Those are all places you can find us and follow us and see what we're up to. The Twitch is really fun because that's that's where we obviously we play games. All gaming podcasts should have a Twitch, I would think. Where we play through big co-op games with our cousin Brian. We're currently playing through the uh, what's a word for anthem? <laughs> what do you mean? Like a not good word for anthem people. It's uh can't think of the word I'm trying to think repetitive? of. Repetitive. Repetitive, but it's anthem is just a game that people have not liked for a long time. But we wanted to at least. It was like a, we wanted to disdain, maybe fill the time before Monster Hunter Rise come out and play another game that we thought we thought we didn't care much for. We'll save those thoughts maybe for the the podcast that'll be about that game eventually. But spoilers: if the game's got like one good thing about it, and then the rest of the game is repetitive. That's maybe why they canned it so fast without giving. I mean, that's a whole different podcast. I'm. I'm I'm going to step step away from this for now. So follow us on Twitch to watch us play that, and then eventually we're going to we're going to jump into uh, Monster Hunter Rise. Give a, a, little, a little bit of time, have it some patches and stuff like that. Will be good. Be good for the game. We have a Patreon, of course. Anybody who's making any kind of internet content or anything, I guess these days has a Patreon. A, a Patreon is just a way for you to support the people's whose content you enjoy and stuff like that. We do have new. Three smoking controllers, co-op endeavors, 
shirts and jackets, jackets or sweaters, something I think like that. Sweaters, sweaters and stuff on there. So have a look at those. That are featuring art by Devious Pixel, of course. So they're looking really good. We have a Spotify playlist, which includes all the music, uh, not all the music, all the band music that I've uh, recommended for the podcast, uh, all in one playlist. If you're curious about all the stuff we've we've played on the podcast band wise not because i play gaming music sometimes on here too that's not on there uh, you can find that just by searching the podcast name usually and it comes up you're hearing music in the background right now i don't know which one i never know which one until i'm doing the editing but if you'd like to hear your music on this podcast in this section uh, just submit it to our our email the number two smoking controllers at gmail.com I'll take a listen, and if I like it, which I'm probably, I'll probably be pretty generous to anybody who's willing to send us anything, I'll probably just play it on the podcast anyway. So send us something there if you want to hear your music on the podcast here. We, we, we'd enjoy anybody who wants to do that. I did the, I did the Patreon. I said the Patreon, like the store. <laughs> I'm realizing that now. What do you mean? I, I said we have shirts and stuff like that on, on, on Patreon. <laughs> I'll leave this in because it's, because it's dumb. What? Well, I got to my notes and where it says a store. So we have a lock stock store with shirts and I stuff you in it. Going, I thought you mentioned it. I, I did not. It's funny. I'm realizing it now. Oh, well, there's a flub, but I'll just leave it because it's funny. Uh, the Patreon does not have shirts and stuff on it, but our store, however, does. So there you go. That's bless, okay. Bless your heart. Last two things, of course. We have another podcast spun off of this one, Action the Movie Podcast, where Blake and our buddy Steve talk about movies in an extended format episodes have gotten kind of long sometimes but they deep dive into the how the movie's made behind the scenes stuff uh, writers directors actors all the fun stuff that's some uh, behind the scenes for a movie and then the plot and everything about the movie of course itself too uh, it's a podcast for people who, people who really love movies so come listen to that and you'll probably if you enjoy this you'll probably like that you might like that more who knows because we the, the movies are Movies are easier to talk about than games sometimes. The last thing, of course, is Blake's story. They come this night. You can find it on Amazon Kindle. If you just search for it, if you're a Kindle Unlimited subscriber, it uh, you, you, you get to listen, to, you get to read it for free, of course. If you want to support Blake, you can buy the short story for only a dollar. Links to all this stuff you can find in the show notes of this podcast. You can click on any of that stuff, give us a follow, or Whatever it is you want to do to get involved with the podcast, we appreciate anything anybody wants to do. And with that, I will pass this over to Blake to intro the one game we have for this podcast. Oh, and a, and a movie on the end. I forgot to mention that part on the front end. We have a game and then a movie. Blake's doing a movie this episode. Speaking of a movie podcast. So the, the, the first and only game we'll be diving into today is called Returnal. came out April 30th, 2021. So it's a fairly new game and is developed by House Marquee. And they are based out of Helsinki in Finland. As of now, 
Uh, they've put out roughly 20 games and have about 80 employees. And they are the oldest active developer in Finland. Wow. That's quite a history there for that. And they have a, actually, there's kind of a cool thing prior to that is uh, there's a, see here, Ilari Kutinen uh, in 93 had her own development studio called Bloodhouse. Bloodhouse? Bloodhouse. That's an awesome name. And then another uh, person be named... Funny, it was a, a studio called Bloodhouse and all they did was make children's games. <laughs> and then another one, uh, Hari Tenkanen had their own they were single person developers mm-hmm. uh, Ilari had Bloodhouse and Harry had Terra Marquis mm-hmm. both in 93 when they founded and then each one managed well Bloodhouse put out two games Terra Marquis put out one game and ended up canceling a second one mm-hmm. and in 95 they, they had become friends and decided to merge the two creating House Marquis that's cool. They they missed a chance for Blood Marquee, but yeah. But I think they just wanted to. Uh, house it's more of a House of Marquis, more of a uh, professional sounding kind of, yeah, of a little a, bit of a name. Yeah, yeah. And it, it has a good flow to it. House I think Marquee. they were going because otherwise it would have been like That's cool. Blood Terror. Have we ever had any two separate developers merge into one thing on the podcast before? I mean, that happens. Have different some, teams, when someone acquires another one, or they yeah. Well, they have speaking of acquiring. Yeah, I'll get to that part of their history, moment. but uh. We've had different teams, I guess, uh, and some of the history may be different. People from different teams come together and do things. That's cool that two separate people with different names combine together to make a one studio. It, apparently, though, uh, when it comes to sales, Ilari and Bloodhouse had a game called Stardust. Mm-hmm. It's one of those bird's-eye-view multi-directional shooters Yeah, I'm talking about. And they Stardust has had multiple remakes. or Stardust, Super Stardust, Super Stardust HD remake, All those games. stuff like that. House, and I guess House Marquis started that, making those games. Yeah, well, specifically Bloodhouse. They started it, mm-hmm. and it, it was a good seller. And then when they became House Marquis, it continued to be a good seller. So they they remade that several times. And the the one game that Harry Harry made for Terra Marquis, Elven Kind, it. It, they've never redone it, so I don't, I don't think his stuff was was financially successful, and that's one of the reasons they got a game together. But they've made a whole bunch of other games, and they just kind of just nitpick around of the um, the stuff that they make, and so it's kind of confusing a little bit because you can't really nail down the stuff that they make. Well, that's just the not all developers like just do one thing. It's not like the uh, the three folk, the three teams are. Activision that all they do is make Call of Duty. It's literally yeah, three whole teams that all they do is make Call of Duty. Not every company is like that. We had a wed one a while back. Uh, there was two. It was the developer of Boyfriend Dungeon had we played Boyfriend Dungeon. Now we've played one of their other games a little, a little bit because it's so hard, but they're so, they're so drastically different. Yeah. Something else we played recently when the company made like games we just couldn't they just didn't connect. If I think about it, well, yeah. I'll I'll look at the past games in the podcast while you keep talking. Let's see here, but Stardust has had seven re- reiterations. It might, it might have been as simple as Lakes developer. It might have been. I think it may have been. It was a smaller scale, though. They did all kinds of weird stuff, and all of a sudden they put out a game like Lakes. It was a full-blown th- full console game, game, yeah. Yeah. But uh, like, I don't think I've played any of their stuff. 
because they have a superstar dust and they have a snow two snowboarding games a motocross game a golf game <laughs> it is all over the board yeah and this is this is as house marquee mm-hmm. i think they're just kind of like because early on though it does say uh for the for two years from 93 through 93 and 94 and a little bit of 95 they'd already kind of joined forces but as separate entities like mm-hmm. kind of like like an, and like an in-house client, they were both working out of the same building and helping one another out, but under separate names. And then when they finally merged in '95, they had uh, stopped any and all freelance work that they were doing and decided to to move forward themselves, and then hired their first extra employee. And then they continued to grow slowly throughout the years. In 2014, they had made it up to 50 employees. And 2018, up to 70 employees. And now, they're up to 80 employees. So that's pretty good. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. You know, ra- uh, what do you call it? Growth. Growth in any respect is, is commendable. And then they finally got to this, which is Returnal, which is their first AAA title, period. Mm-hmm. Everything else is, you know, they put out games, but this is their first AAA title, which is pretty awesome. And within the first three months, I couldn't find the overall sales. But yeah, sales are always funny in the digital age. I don't know why. Like I heard it on, like here on Canyon Rents all the time. They have a hard time finding sales in the digital age. And I'm like, I don't know, but like, why is this just digitally tracked somewhere? And why can't you just go some database somewhere and click on a game that has this many digital sales? Yeah, at, le- at the very least, digital. I mean. It's being tracked somewhere. They, how else do you know what game's a success? Uh, like people some, are just real sensitive about whether a game is yeah. it's super successful, but it's like not really. But they, you know, they can lie about that by just saying. I guess. But. I don't know, but this game is very successful. In the first three months alone, sold five hundred and sixty thousand copies, which is pretty good. Considering they're their first AAA. And, and a new IP. Yeah, a brand spanking new IP and all that stuff. And due to the financial success of Returnal and their frequent collaboration with uh, Sony Interactive Entertainment, uh, Sony acquired them uh, October. Oh, they, re- they, they released the game in July, and in October they acquired them. I wonder if... I mean. The- if the uh, sales were at all even even hampered by the lack of availability of PS5s, I don't know. Get more PS5s and more hands. More, more people might might actually. I mean, I guess played what... this in the first couple of months, you know, because this is a PS5 exclusive. It'd been nice to figure out something, but I I, I literally just couldn't. Yeah. They are, well, they're, well, they're not. You know, company ain't gonna openly come out, and, especially since they were just acquired by Sony. You can't come out and be like, "Who the game would have done better if Sony yeah. stepped up?" Yeah, exactly. You know, so they they're not gonna say that. <laughs> I guess specifically just Googled Returnal overall sales mm-hmm. and nothing. I get the two things articles that I read on the Wikipedia and this, and but. The only thing anyone says is it sold over 560000 I don't know more than that. Exactly. That's not big enough for Sony to... I mean, they, I guess they acquired them and they, maybe they see potential. Sony's not a company that really is generous with <laughs> what they call a success, usually. The only thing I can find is everyone's talking about Returnal and Ratchet because they must have come out at similar times. This sold five hundred sixty, and Ratchet sold uh, $1.1 
Yeah, it's an established franchise. Yeah, but anyway, I, it's, it's weird. I'm sure I, I could figure something out. Needless to say, if, it's I'm, successful. It's successful, but like, because I mean, everybody's got their own taste. I, I've beat Returnal, but I have it played Ratchet and Clank. Yeah, <laughs> and I probably won't. No offense to them, it's just not. I don't care. So, before we dive into a couple of, of the mechanics, have, have they announced? So are they still? Sorry, are they still? Kind of. They're working on a the port because it was a PS5 exclusive. I put it on PC. Yeah, but they're working to uh, have it out by early 2023. Have it ready for PC. Right. We'll start seeing the videos of all the weird mods of things. Okay. Thomas the Tank Engine attacking it's you in the game. Always starts with Thomas the Tank Engine. Yeah, be chasing you around inside the on the planet. I'll watch the video. I'll watch a couple of them. I'm sure. Uh, before we get in too much further briefly about the like the game's graphics it is uh photorealistic it's what yeah it's going for realism it's 100 percent. i mean of course the creatures whatever i mean the only real realism thing i guess the maps and stuff but the main main character uh her name is uh celine vasos vasos i don't ever see her you must see her name on some i think it's like on her well celine's on her helmet because that's in, in the opening yeah so yeah she looks pretty pretty good i mean this game i wonder if it got the um the Sony bump, like during development, to make it look and look as good as it as it does. I wonder, because who, who knows? Because they they would have, they might have published it and then acquired afterwards, so it might have helped. I mean, it was the the last game they put out. They had they put out two games in 2017, and then they didn't do anything until Returnal, which was uh, four years later, 21. Yeah, but they was they was sort of developing, and then yeah. it takes you know, something sure. like this would take a while to develop. But that was a, that's a four year mm-hmm. to everyone, all eighty people in their company and to develop a, a game that's as um, clean and clean and quick as this one. I didn't run into any glitches or anything like that. The game's tight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we we didn't play it right when it came out, so we might have got a patch or two. But like, yeah. I, I've never read about any major glitches for this game or anything like that. So this is what this is how you should release the game. No, oh, yeah. <laughs> But Especially you, when a game like this comes out, kind of comes out of nowhere. Like I, I don't remember any kind of run up on the announcement of it, and and then it coming out. You know. Yeah, I mean, you got to think because uh, by 2017, like I said earlier, their employees were about 60 people probably, and they acquired they hired another 20. So they had to work work on this. So they had 80 people working on this for. Well, they grew from 60 to 80 over the course of those four years and had every single one of those people working on that. Yeah. I hope Sony doesn't... hope So, Sony doesn't, don't seem to be doing it. I hope they don't, like, do that where they take a team and, like, split them across other projects like Activision yeah, does. I hope not. Or EA. You take a team who makes good games and split them up and scatter them on your mainline products. But Sony doesn't seem to do that. I don't see them splitting their other developers too much. Uh, before we go past her real quick, I want to talk about the actress who does Celine. She does the mocap and the voice for her. Yeah, she's she's about just just about the only voice you hear. There's other there's other bits of talking, but it's all her. Is there? It's all her. You hear like warbling and stuff, but it's all her. Yeah, there's a, some stuff we'll talk about later. There's is there a, is there a, is there a second for the younger version? I think it's all her. She, she does the younger version too. Okay. Because of the weird stuff that happens, but yeah. <clears throat> uh, so she is played voice, mocap, and all that fun stuff by Jane Perry. Oh, she's a mocap too? Mm-hmm. Cool. And she's done a lot of video games, 
but the the kind of like the bigger ones that have happened lately is she's actually uh, she did three voices in Soma, which is a, a game we discussed in the podcast. She did three voices in Soma. Soma also has a cast of like three characters. So she did uh, three female characters. So I don't know. That's probably the entire female cast of Soma. Like yeah, there's, yeah. And then there's like the character you're playing at, which I think is a guy. Maybe. But yeah. there's a girl you talk to, and there's like spoilers. I mean, I talked about Soma, but there's the girl who... she betray you in the end? I don't remember the end of Soma. You haven't played Soma yet. You're, you, still have, you still haven't played Soma. But, yeah, there's only like the dude and the one girl you talk to. There's like one other person you talk to. There's like three people in Soma. Unless there's like audio log or something. So she's like the, maybe the main, the main, one of the main voices of Soma. She's the voice of Maggie, Nadine, and Andrea. You know those names ring a bell? I do that. But that, that was like the first 10 episodes of the podcast. So Fair. And she's bounced around and done a bunch of other work. She's also, video game-wise, Need for Speed, Most Wanted, Forza Horizon, Crisis 3, Horizon 2. She, doubled, she reprised her role in Forza Horizon 2. She also, the game that we have, I think we own it, but that Dreamfall chapters. On Xbox? Yeah, yeah she she has uh, at least two name, two voices in there. Hmm. You can play that. And in the Hitman's, Hitman Absolution, she is the in-game tutorial and mission narrator. <laughs> as well as she's stayed with the Hitman series, uh, reprising a role of someone named Deanna Burn- Burnwood. Yeah, I haven't played any Hitman games. It's not a franchise that I've completely avoided for some reason. Mm-hmm. I like assassinating people. She also does uh, did work in Alien Isolation, Quantum Break, Mass Effect Andromeda, and Cyberpunk 2077, as well as uh, reprising her role in Hitman 3 as Deanna, and a brand new game on Game Pass called As Dusk Falls. Yeah. She's voice work in there. She also does some live roles, but they're always smaller. Some of the ones she's been in is... Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, Autopsy of Jane Doe, World War Z, and a... Is an Autopsy of Jane Doe? Mm-hmm. She's also a cast of, like, four, three or four people. I Lieutenant mean. Wade? I don't remember. It's been a long time. You've seen that movie? Yeah, I've seen Jane Doe. And one kind of real cool thing when it comes to... Because she has one anime thing under her belt, which is... Well, yeah, she has a, two or three anime things under her belt. In the TV show version of Darkstalkers... She was Lin Lin and Mei Ling. And in Dragon Ball Z, she's the voice of Bulma's mom, Mrs. Briefs. <laughs> and she's, she's Mrs. Briefs? Yeah. She's the voice. She is the voice of Mrs. Briefs from DBZ oh. and into Super. So. That's funny. It's this kind of like a random thing out of nowhere. much higher, higher. She, th- she throws her voice much higher. Much higher. I, would, I would have never known it was her. Because uh, her Celine character is way more solemn. A little more, yeah. Well, I mean, wouldn't you be? Yeah, considering. But I just wanted to talk about her because she definitely. I mean, she's the whole face of the of this game. I mean, and on top of that, I'll get to that in a minute. That'll be some post thoughts. I don't want to like do things out of order. Yeah. So we'll we'll jump into the game now. I'm sorry, just talking about everyone's. Uh, it's 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 cool. It's I mean, it's people they got working on this. So this is a sci-fi shooter, roguelike light. I, I get the rogue name mixed up. But the you roguelike. Do... Yeah. But you do uh, run through uh, maps when you first start. We'll talk about the beginning here in a second. When you first start, you are running to an area, fighting enemies, uh, shooting enemies with guns. We'll talk, we'll, talk, we'll talk about the guns. And if you die, you come back to life at your ship, you return, 
at your ship, and then when you go back into the map, the rooms are shuffled around. It is you do see the same rooms. Eventually, you will see all the rooms. I was surprised on later later playthroughs of old areas that I went back through that I was started seeing new rooms again. So who knows how many, how much they developed, but you will see the same rooms. They're just shuffled around. It makes it uh, more interesting to run around because you're going to end up running running through these places uh, multiple times. Of course, the first thing you'll notice about this game. I think is uh, it's fast, very, very fast. Oh yeah, her her movement is very quick, very smooth, responsive. Like they put, they had to put. A, I bet they put so much time into her, into Celine's movement and and the the move, the dash, all that kind of stuff. Because I, I mean, immediately I was like, ooh, when you first move, you're like, it. What it put into my head when I first started moving was like. It made me worry about the difficulty because of how how good her movement is and how fast she is. I was like, this game's going to be too fast-paced and hard for me. I can already see it right now. What did you think when you first started moving? And Jessica's played a little bit, my fiance, and she was like, ah, you move fast. And I was like, yeah, I, I know, I know. Yeah, this this lady hauls ass, for lack of a better term. Like She hauls ass before you click the sprint button. Yeah, and then once you, start click, once you click the sprint button... And then you start dashing and jumping, and as long as you don't take your your thumb off that analog, as soon as she lands, she's full breakneck speed. I'm not talking. We I mean, I'll say damn near superhuman, frankly. Yeah, nobody can move. I don't think people can move. I mean, maybe a a pro athlete, maybe. I don't know. We're all we got gameplay playing in the background, and she 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 moves. I mean, and you have a jump. Is it a double jump? It's not a double jump, is it? It's just it's a it's a it's a it's a rocket jump. Yeah, it's like a it's like a little bit, little bit higher than she could normally jump. Just because she has a little the, rocket boost. Yeah, not like the Rocket Man or anything like that. But it's these little thrusters go off on her suit on the back and give her a little more, little, a little more, more umph. And they go, and that's what how she also dashes mm-hmm. in a direction. And it's I, I'm not gonna spoil exactly what what the tools are, but you you get suit augments, and I want to let that. Yeah, we're going to spoil a couple of things, but a big thing in this game, with, I think with any roguelike or any kind of game like this, is, is exploration, exploration and discovery. Yeah. Discovering the suit augments, because suit augments are some of the few things that carry over when, mm-hmm. you, when you die. You get certain things. I don't want to spoil. You might stumble into them by accident. I'm going to try not to spoil the suit augments because it's it's fun yeah, it's exciting really, to those are really cool exciting to get them and then it changes getting around in in a bit of a other metroidvania a little bit I think about that because you have I mean, without saying what they do you do have places you can't reach or can't get to and your suit augments permanently let you go into new places and go through say barriers and doors and other other obstacles that you can't normally reach in the beginning of the game and, and the game is pretty good about teasing all this stuff like you're, everywhere you look you're like what is that how do i get up there and you jump you jump around like a fool and then you realize okay i think i need i think i need something else to uh but you, something else to get in there you can use uh there's only one thing that you could really use to help give you a a step up in exploration before you get the certain tools is there's an enemy that looks like a cocoon that hangs down tentacles that will grab you and start like pulling you up towards its yeah. mouth. And it's like the first couple of times it scares the hell out of you. Yeah. Cause you're just like, Oh, what is this? And you could get out of it with a quick dash. Not that big a deal. 
but you can actually use it as a as a semi elevator mm-hmm. to like pull you up to get to a ledge you could normally get to, mm-hmm. and you can you dash out of it before you get to the mouth. Wonder, I've never once taken damage from that thing. I, I don't I don't even know what it does when it pulls you. Literally all, all the my, way all, up. No, all I the hours all my hours of playing, I never got caught all the way up by it. So that. That's a small. Uh, is that a spoiler for 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 a discovery? Because I, I don't think you didn't try it until I told you to try it. Yeah, you did. I was like the tentacle because the tentacles they're too scared. They're too, like they're, 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 I don't want to risk dying. They just jar you and they scare you and they when they grab you because they they're in the, they're in the whole they're everywhere in the whole game. Or they in the, the, the jungle. They're, the, mm. they're, they're in the jungle maps. Yeah, we'll say. But yeah, I thought I I, t- I tested it a couple of times and I and I eventually I, I guess I, I told Jessica and I told Blake I was like if you ever see like a because those ledges usually require one of the other item you'll see something above you like I don't have that item but you uh, but technical things will be close by and they just pull you up and you just dash out of them at the higher part like like you was saying and it's kind of a, a neat little trick that I'm sure is intended yeah there's no way they accidentally place those things near those ledges and she she's how do I say like you said the she controls so well. You yeah. dash at a corner, and they're not. I n- not once was she the reason I missed a jump. Yeah, or didn't grab because she grabs a. I'm talking like. Yeah. This is a a game of constantly. When something goes wrong, you're mad at yourself. Yeah, and, that, and that's how you tell the game was. That's when you. That's the, that's a. What do you call it? It's a a sign of a very well designed game. You're not. You're not. You're not mad at the game. You're mad like, damn. Why, why did I go this way instead of that way? Or I jumped too late. Or I dashed at the wrong time. Like it's everything. Any mistakes that are made are you. A lot of times in this game is getting nervous. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because you don't want to die, and uh, it's all these snap reflexes and stuff like that. But I I was never mad at her. I don't remember we were really being I got, mad at the game specifically. I'm, I'm being honest. Like I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about all this stuff and we'll talk about the, the bosses here because there's, there's a funny thing about the first couple of bosses and, and, and then a swap later for me and Blake. I don't remember ever like being specifically mad at the game. Like when you do something and something gets you, you're like, ah, if I just if I had a few more seconds of me, if I, if I if got a couple of shots right or when you, something misses and you're just like, ah, I know because you have like other other weapon types and like we'll, we'll talk about alt fires here pretty soon i guess mm-hmm. but if something just misses that would have hit and it's, it's your fault because it missed i mean i feel like there's a lot of playing this right when we played this kind of right beside us playing dark souls 3 this felt more fair than dark souls 3 in uh, some cases yes like you have more control of this i'm not not what anybody saying dark souls 3 is bad but there's some parts and some fights and some things you do in Dark Souls 3. You're just like, man, this is... It's designed to be cheap on purpose to like kill you. Like, ugh, you'll learn next time. Yeah. Like that. There's just some things you're just... I don't know. And you obviously, I mean, God, imagine... A, I mean, even Bloodborne don't move like this. No. Bloodborne's quick, but not this fast. Like, she... Celine is just stupid fast. Yeah. We talked about... Uh, we, we talked about... Uh, Revenant... What's it called? Remnant from the ashes. Remnant from the ashes is a, is a Dark Souls like shooter. You move kind of quick in that. You can not, not like no, this. Not like her, but not you like can this. move. If quick. you moved like this in that game, it'd be a different game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what else? Uh, I'm not saying, but like I was never. Do you remember? I know you've there's there's stress to getting to dying late in a run. Oh yeah. But I and, and there's parts. And that's parts where you even you were like, I think I'm done with this game, and then I like I would beat something, and you're like. I guess I'll try again, and then you'll have this a really good run, and I'll all get stuck somewhere, and I'm like, I don't know, man, this might be the end of it. Of course, I only had that one time, ironically, very early in the game. 
I mean, mine wasn't. Oh, I was kind of early. Yours is the. Yours was probably a. Mine was the second boss, and it was the longest. Your longest window of failure. Yeah. So let's let's start talking about. We can stuff like. Do you want to get into the different biomes? We'll start with the first one. See how see how it kind of goes, and how much time we got to spend on it. We can kind of be kind of quick. But I kind of want to talk about. I can go ahead and name all three of them, and then we can kind of hop skip through them. The first, the first three biomes. Yeah. Because there's what six total. Mm-hmm. So your first ones are the echoing ruins, which is a jungle setting. Then so you have over, overgrowns first, isn't it? Overgrowns. It might be. Is echoing first? I don't remember. I think echoing is the first because overgrown. There's a reason that it's overgrown. Oh, okay, that's right. So you have the echoing ruins. <laughs> we'll have to mention Celine repeatedly grabbing alien technology she knows nothing about. Oh, yeah. Putting her hands on everything. So you have echoing ruins, which is your jungle setting. The crimson wastes, which is your desert setting. And then you have the citadel, which is a alien city landscape. Like a, I, I don't want to really call it a concrete jungle, because I'm not entirely sure what the stuff is made out of. I think it's like biomechanical, but it's your cityscape. Yeah. As you run through each area, each area has a, a boss, and you move on to the next area with a story. There's usually a story that's kind of carrying you. Well, the first boss really just has the key to a teleporter. <laughs> yeah. Mean, really which will gives you to the Crimson Waste. Yeah, teleport you to the Crimson Waste, which is all on the, all on the same planet. Overgrown is first. Oh, okay. It's weird, huh? Mm. Oh, well. It shows on, on her map right there. Overgrown is first. So you're running through, and you uh, you first you start with the first gun. We don't go through all the guns. Your modified sidearm. A modified sidearm. So it has whatever stats it starts with, basically. But you do, as you repeatedly run through, you start seeing other guns, and you also start seeing... Um, I don't know if you want to call them attachments, perks, or modifiers. Or alt, alt, well, there's both. There's like modifiers to the... Because the guns have three stats, which is what power, fire rate... One more thing. Ammo? Um, Ammo. Yeah, cooldown. Is it cooldown? Something like that. God, I can't. Cooldowns for your... We played so much, I can't remember those. But there's three stats that are randomly altered based on the randomness of the game. Power, fire rate. I think it's power, fire rate, and ammo. Might be. Because how how often you have to reload. Because I'll have... You'll pick things as like, oh, 10% extra ammo. Hmm. So you don't have to reload as often. Or is it a wider reload, uh, active reload? I don't think it's wider. I think it's just the amount of times you can shoot. So you have that. Uh, the main thing affecting, one of the main things affecting that is you have something called weapon proficiency. It's a little bar under your health bar that increases, uh, one, by item pickups, and two, by getting kills with the gun you're holding. As weapon proficiency increases, and in the first half of the game, it actually has a cap. We, we didn't realize that. It has a cap of 15. 15. Uh, you start picking up, like, Higher higher ranking weapons have more upgrades and attachments and stuff like that, and more powerful stuff on them. Then you have when you when you're using weapons with skills and alt fires, they have a percentage and and the, and they go up with use. And I kind of what's it do exactly when you unlock it? Like it's not like you don't actually have access to it until you unlock it. A, a perfect example right. would be. Your pistol. We'll say the pistol, and one of my favorite abilities on the pistol is a thing called homing. Mm-hmm. We'll say homing and burst fire. Burst fire. Is good. So you get burst fire one, and the highest I've ever seen is I think they go up to three. Three, yeah. But you have, well, hey, you have that's late, late. Game. Yeah, late game. But you have burst fire and homing. I'll just say that until you unlock it, it's just a regular pistol. 
but then you unlock the burst fire and then it's you know three bullets three bullets three bullets mm-hmm. but you don't actually you can look at it and read what it does yeah you don't have it to unlock but it doesn't unlock do you, you know what I mean get it's it pretty qu- it does, it's pretty quick usually it's, it's level no, ones are anyway yeah, level ones are what about when they have the um, alt fires though it, same thing it doesn't unlock until you until you max it out but you can fire you can fire your alt fires right away you level ones but the level twos and stuff so the level ones didn't have a, I don't know, it it so long. The level ones did not have a, a thing. They were just there. But you do unlock more as you go through. Yeah, you know, a lot more, a lot newer alt fires. Alt fire, uh, so this is something to talk about for a second. Uh, this game has, it's PS5 exclusive, so it has haptic haptic feedback and, a, and a, a adaptive triggers. I, in the beginning, was struggling with the adaptive triggers. I told Blake and Jessica to both change I think I told you to change it if you even played. Yeah. So you have the main the main adaptive trigger. The haptics is fine. Haptics feels cool as hell. All on the vibration and stuff with the controller. We could talk about that for a second if you want mm-hmm. to. The main thing for haptic tri- uh, fe- uh, adaptive triggers that I changed was when you want when you have a gun with with, with an alt fire. And they all have alt fires, but we have a, your main gun a gun with the shooting it. You have to pull down the L two until it kind of stops. It's, it's, it's kind of like the trigger stops because it's adaptive, and that's firing your regular thing, firing your regular shot. If you pull a tr- little more power on the trigger all the way down, it changes to your alt fire. Uh, as cool as that is, and it does kind of feel cool when you're doing it. But led what led to me playing my first couple of runs was I was always running and panicking kind of panicking and pulling the trigger all the way down and then you wouldn't and shoot. firing nothing because uh, once you fire your, when you fire oh yeah when you fire your alt fire it has a cooldown. so i kept pulling the trigger all the way down and firing my alt fire trigger all the way down and firing my alt fire i was like oh my god this is it's getting me killed like it's it's not and you, working and using your alt fire before you wanted to yes all premature all, all the time now people now maybe people be like, oh just, just just learn to play that way it's the way the game's meant to be played and i was like eh i'm okay nothing wrong with being a little premature but you know sometimes it's not when it doesn't go off when you want it to and you just got like oh you get frustrated with yourself not the game yeah well you don't mean to pull the trigger pulling the trigger is something else entirely (laughs) not everyone's into pulling the trigger but uh we'll leave that alone in the controls you can change to an alt alternative control which puts it your L2 is just regular fire. I think at L1, you hold L1 to activate your alt fire. Normally, it's L2 and hold it down harder, and L1 is your item use. Mm-hmm. Uh, all that does is move item use over to R1. Yeah. Because I don't know if R1 even had a anything, if it did anything on the default controls. So that I, I think that's, for me, that was the way it changed how I played the game completely. Made it, to me, made it playable. Yeah. And maybe you could just learn the adapter for both Blake and Jessica in our household switch to the alternative control mode to get off the adapter. It's a classic mode, I think they call it's it. It's called classic, maybe. I think yeah. it's called classic. It just takes it. And that's, it, you, it's only the way you played, right? You yeah. played the adapter trigger. At one point, something happened, and my controller was switched back to normal, and I don't know what happened. I think maybe, I don't know, we lost power. It may have been there, a shift in the game, you know, when that happened. Yeah. And it, my controllers were weird. For, I was like, I went to a room and I was like, "What is going on? I can't fire my alt." And I looked at my it switch for some reason, but it, it was like one room didn't. That's that. just a weird, yeah. weird glitch. I don't think that's in the, in the gameplay yeah. or anything. Yeah. Oh, the game's not perfect. <sighs> Might as well burn this whole thing. Anyway, uh, like I said, we said, but but you have the, the sidearm as your main gun. Now, every time you die, you do restart back at the beginning 
with a sidearm. Now, the stuff stuff you've unlocked, I guess, will now start randomly appearing with the sidearm. Well, anything you've unlocked for the sidearm. So every now and then you'll start with the sidearm. It'll have an extra ability, or it'll have it'll have a different a different alt fire. There's lots of different alt fires. Maybe I go into all of them. One of the first ones is like. Pretty common one in the beginning is Tracker Swarm. I, I enjoy Tracker Swarm. Tracker Swarm is cool, and then Horizontal Shot. You know, I, I never fired. So we have Horizontal Shot. You know, I never, I never used Vertical Shot. Really, it's, it's almost the exact same thing. It's, it's, it's almost, it is almost the same. I just, I don't know why. I think I always had like the, some of the some of the more powerful things. I was like, I don't need Vertical Shot. I got, I got all this other stuff that I have. There was a Shock Stream, which is kind of useless. I think now you unless say, you're close, you say it's good. I, I've never had a decent shot, so it's not something you can. A, f- a couple of them, uh, Tracker Swarm, kind of does what you think it does. It shoots off a, a swarm of bullets that target the, the enemy. Kind of mostly the enemy you're pointing at. They, they, yeah, they, they spread on. and then lock onto the enemy you're aiming at. Horizontal barrage. Is it called barrage? Yeah, you have horizontal <laughs> and vertical. This, like Blake called it like dead space, but it's way larger than that. It shoots like this, ver- this uh, horizontal line of things, and they they don't they home in, but they they bounce off those things. So they're really good in tight air. They're, it's powerful in general, but it bounces off stuff. I assume vertical barrage does, it does the, the same, same thing. thing, except for like it it's vertically. It's more left and right instead. And of- then. Another common early one is Shockstream, which is of, and there's other, lots of other ones, but Shockstream is the only one I ever saw that it never stopped, it never killed anything. Oh, you well, because we, it's not meant to just be like, oh, one fire. You have to, because the cool thing about Shockstream I had too was sometimes you could get two, yeah. two bursts out of it. But if you're close enough to something and you hold that thing down, that's it, a hold. It's a hold. Yes, you have to hold it down because it's it's a Tesla coil. You have to hold it down. You can't just fire it. You have to uh, hold it down. I'd never once held that freaking it. So, oh man, when I play some more, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try it's it again. It's phenomenal. Like it, it's when you're close enough to an enemy, it's phenomenal because it always just tapped it. Goes, it goes, Pew! and nothing happens. No, you have to. You hold it down because it's, it's one of the very few holding ones. Because you hold it down. You have that, and you have the void beam. And void beam. Yeah. You hold that down. You run around a room. You just. Shocking, like five, six enemies at once, killing them. It's a fan. Why, why, why are you telling me that? 50 I know hours? you were f- retarded. Tell me that fifty you, hours ago. <laughs> you, you have to hold it. Like, never, why is it that difficult to assume you have to hold I it? Just, so used to just tapping that button and something cool happening. Something, no, it's, it's a hold. Oh, I mean, it's only, there's only like two of them, I think. Honestly, between that and Void Beam, I think or holds. Yeah, and maybe. then there is kill. Well, kill shot, kinda. You have to. You hold you hold the zoom the R one for that one, and then it's still fired after one pull. But there's void beam, shock stream, and but the other one is the um, the uh, the BFG format. I forget I forget the actual name of it, but the BFG one. You you have to hold, and then you have to hold the trigger to charge it, and then when you let go of the trigger, it shoots out a massive ball of death. That's a. I don't think I ever fired. I don't think I ever fired. I forget, that I forget, I forget the name of it. But I call it the BFG one because that's literally what it was. It's, it's the nature of the game that Blake's fired things that I haven't even, even maybe even seen it or picked it up because sometimes you will. So we get into the different guns. Sometimes there's like we both have a, uh, a we had one favorite gun and then we switch and I, I convinced Blake to switch to a different favorite gun later. But so say you you have a gun you really like, but and you see a gun that has an alt, a gun that you don't like that has an alt fire that you haven't seen. I'm not picking that gun up for that alt fire. The gun, the gun itself is far more important than whatever alt fire. I've taken the gun I love with a bad alt. Well, I say bad. I've taken I've taken the gun I love with like Shockstream, not knowing how to use it because I that's the gun that I wanted to use over 
if I if I had what I thought was a better alt fire. I would literally do get to a point where I'm like, man, I'm I'm not doing well. I haven't got a lot of uh, health <laughs> upgrades and stuff. I would do essentially death runs. I'm like, I know I'm not beating the boss on this run on purpose. Like there's like, I haven't like I haven't been picking up a bunch of health, and I've all I've got are a bunch of crappy items, no healing items. And so I would just literally pick up a gun, use it until I got its alt fire or I got its item. And then as soon as I got to another gun, I was like, all right. And as long as that gun was either something I wanted to use or it had uh, an ability that I didn't have unlocked, and I would just literally just drop and pick up, drop and pick up. And mm-hmm. I, did, I would use three or four guns in a single run and unlocking new abilities and new things. Yeah. Because I've used guns that Drew refuses to use. And I've unlocked abilities on them that make the may do make the gun better. Because there's no... I want to say there's no bad guns. They're I, just I, guns that I, I don't play well with. Unless somebody, unless I see somebody else do it, there is one truly bad gun. We'll talk about it here in a minute. But speaking on the gun, topic of guns and alt fires, uh, do you have a favorite uh, alt fire? I found Tracker Swarm to be very, very helpful a lot of the time. Yeah. Early on, the, uh, the uh, what's it called? The grenade one? Just I think it's literally just a grenade. It's called something blast or blast something. We played so much. I remember all these all these names. A lot of the names, and they're cool sounding names. But uh, there's a one that really launches a grenade, which is really important to an to an extent for a little while. We got we got to spoil one thing you unlocked, but you start seeing turrets that are shielded. Yeah, a, um, a red shield. A red shield. They're basically invincible unless you have two, one of one of two, maybe other items too. But I know that early on, the grenade alt fire breaks the shield. Nothing else. Is that the shield breaker? No. Well, there's a shield breaker alt fire. No, but the grenade will. I don't don't know if you ever needed it because if you play, if you get far enough, fast enough, you will unlock. It's a a, an in-game item. It's a. It's not really a suit upgrade, but you unlock the. it's a sword. It has, it has a name. Do unlock a sword, which uh, breaks shields, which is very important. It's used in combat and used in ex- exploration. But until you have the sword, which you uh, you do unlock before the... You do it's unlock literally that. just called the Atropoian Blade, because it's Atropos. Atropos, yeah. You unlock that before the first boss, so you will get it pretty soon. But up until... It depends on how many runs you take. Up until you get the sword, you see shielded turns that you can't... You, sometimes you can't, you can't kill them. If you don't have the right, if you don't have that alt fire, and then you don't see the, I don't even think you see the shield breaker alt fire until later parts of the game because some alt fires don't show up until the later half and stuff like that. So I don't think you even see shield breaker right away. So you're kind of screwed on on that end. You can get <laughs> you can get boned by the that, that kind of stuff. Uh, we and we mentioned the void beam, which is a really powerful late game. I see in the in the video right here, he is shock streaming people, and I feel stupid. You have to hold the button. The void beam is a, is a, another hold one. It seems kind of obvious. You hold it down and it shoots like a, a constant beam of uh, pretty incredible damage. I've always I, I'm a big fan of it. Um, the only problem with with it is it, it it's a focus thing. So when you're, there's a lot of movement in the game, like we've said, that foc- getting the beam focused and trying to move and dodge while focusing that beam can be difficult. A lot of the I think some alt fires are better to like point in a direction, like 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 says tracker swarm. You kind of shoot it and kind of shoot it and forget about it. Kind of shoot it and keep moving and hope you uh, hit stuff. Oh, uh, Real quick, we're talking about weapons. The reason you can't remember all three stats is because they were... 
Did they change? They were different for each weapon. They all had oh. the bonus damage, but then each one, the other two different. were different for each one. That makes sense. So that's why you we, we couldn't remember them. Let's see here. Doombringer. That's the BFG mod. Doombringer? Doombringer. What's the date one? Uh, I'm, I'm, well, it is also certain uh, alt fires are only available on certain weapons, too. So oh, there's that. that. Blast Shell. Just saw it in the video. Is the grenade one you get pretty early? I think it's more pretty good because it's also it's good for uh, uh, taking out groups of the groups of the little little guys early in the game. Yeah, we can we continue into weapons? We can get through. There's too too much too much game here. Uh, the first gun you're going to pick up, I think it's even scripted. Is the carbine? Yes. Which uh, is is just an assault rifle. It don't seem like much, but it's a it's a big a big change. Uh, a big upgrade from the pistol, I think. And it has lots of uh, really cool and powerful upgrades, including a uh, high caliber, which is one of my favorites. The gun shoots slower, but it hits, hits harder. And then what do you call it? Rising something? Rising, rising pitch. Rising pitch, which can combine with high caliber and the gun shoots. It's um, the, the longer on a target, higher pitch is the... Basically, it spools up like a, like a chain gun, like a Gatling gun. And it's doo -doo -doo, and it's like really fast. And the the longer you hold on a target, the more damage it does. Mm -hmm. And that's the same thing for the, the one you just said. You have high. What was it? High caliber. High caliber, which is the same. It starts out super slow, and it's do 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 do. And then them two combined make an and stupid mm -hmm. powerful like tar carbine. Uh, carbine. Plus, it's got like a thing called harden. Which gives you ten percent protection, which is awesome. Yeah, protection is uh, a, a a stat you can gain based off items you pick up. Which we haven't got we haven't got into items yet. We're still on guns, but protection gives you ten percent. You know, damage protection overall, damage protection from everything. And Harden just gives you that as long as you're holding that gun. I'm not going to give them all the names, but we can shoot through the weapon. Do you want to talk about all the weapons or just we can go? We we, we kind of it's the game. Yeah, I know. It's the game. So the carbine is, is very common. I will, and we, 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 we talk about favorites. Carbine is a early game favorite based on the your options that you have. I don't. I, I don't know. I guess when you, when you change maps, it starts. You start. Cool thing is you change maps. You start seeing new guns, and if you die and go back to an old map, you start seeing the new guns. Yes. The, the guns are just unlocked at a certain. I don't know if it was proficiency or like game game I, depth. I think it was game depth. You start seeing new stuff. And then, but then it's unlocked forever. Like you start seeing it throughout. You'll go back to the first map and you see a, a, a much later game gun. Because uh, you know, I'm not gonna give them give you their names because they all have like in, unique, interesting names. But you, you have the pistol, the carbine, which is like your assault rifle. You get a shotgun that you never liked. I ne I, I used it. I just I liked do it not early. Like I liked it early on. Uh, it has. Um, it's funny thing about these about these things is each of them have like certain abilities that make them more useful like you gotta have like the shotgun needs to like this it has like wide maul and like small maul and like a wider maul it shoots too wide i feel like and you kind of need the focus damage of a of the of a closer thing and a special and one of its abilities called slug which shoots a super powered bullet in the middle of the of the spread dead center dead center of that one and that made the shotgun really powerful I like the shotgun. I stopped. I stopped using it when it, when I find certain guns that I'd re certain gun later that I'd rather use. I'll completely bypass the shotgun and keep my pistol. Yeah, you. Yeah, you didn't like the shotgun. 
at all. There is a, did you ever pick up by accident? We talk about stuff like this. The, the, uh, the skill that I told you to avoid on the pistol that breaks the I've pistol. I've purposely not, not even unlocked the ability for it yet. There is a skill on the pistol called charge shot, which ruins the pistol. This game is about moment to moment action. And there is a skill like I just said that when you hit the trigger for the pistol, it doesn't fire right away. It has to charge. Charge shot makes you have to charge each time you fire the pistol. And that does not... I'm sure there are people out there that's like, this is the way to do it. You charge your shots. You charge and you mix charge shot with burst burst shot and whatever like that. And you do all this and your pistol is the best. This is the best pistol, blah, blah, blah. I need the, I need the moment to... I need, when I pull the trigger, I need something to happen. I needed to be firing if... Like, yeah, almost immediately. Yeah, so charge shot. I had I, I, I had a, run, a couple of runs where I ran into it and had it. I started my run with it. Mm. I'm surprised you never did. Well, because I never unlocked it. You never unlocked. You avoided it to unlock. Yeah. See, I actually unlocked it, and it would appear I, I knew, it. I, I, And I would have if you didn't tell me if I would have unlocked. Maybe but I, I did. Did I unlock it? I might have avoided yeah. it after that first initial. But once you unlock it, it, it doesn't bad. matter. Once you've unlocked it, it starts You're stuck with it. Yeah. But you told me so. Like I think I, I may have had, like two percent in it. Yeah. Because I'd I I I don't I don't think I know if I, I may have started with it, but I was like I'm just gonna die. Or I'd run through and try to find a weapon as fast as possible. Because early on, uh, unfortunately, we did spoil it. You get a, a melee, yeah, uh, the the, the Atipodian blade. And you can use that to kill smaller enemies in one shot early on. So I actually went yeah. through runs using just that to avoid unlocking the charge shot. That's some forward thinking there. If I didn't want to have it. Yeah, charge shots. It's bad. Some of you play can try to tell us otherwise. But there's that. Is the order of the guns? I mean, is it... I don't want to... Some of them I don't really want. I, I want people to go through and know stuff. But, but without telling you what it is, it'll give you... I think not telling you exactly what it does or does. But you have pistol, shotgun, carbine, then the lobber, which I don't think you ever used. I've never used it. The lobber. It's not bad. So is that the one that leads a, a, a poison crap, damage crap on the and stuff? Yeah. Is it, yeah. I think I fired that gun one time. I picked it up and fired it. I was like, nope. And I picked up the gun that I traded yeah. <laughs> like no thank you. But you have the lobber, and then there is the pyrocaster, and the rocket launcher, as mm-hmm. well as the dreadbolt, and then the uh, the saw blade launcher, the coil shredder, which I don't like the coil shredder at all. Yeah. So I think you see it pretty early in this on the second map. Well, we got to talk about the hollow, hollow seeker. Yes, and the we, hollow. Seeker. We have to talk about the That's, hollow seeker. You get that after the carbine, yeah. That's after the shotgun. I think it's I think it's one of the first new guns you see on the second map. Is the yeah. Hollow Seeker because it, it so it, I, I guess, I guess it is based that. on your map. Yeah, where you start seeing new stuff. Now you you hated it. I think the Hollow Seeker, as much as I've played the Hollow Seeker, has, is trash. It's cost me entire runs. Like I've been deep in the game, and I'll be and I'll be like I'll give it a fair a fair swing. I'll try it again. The game has cost me runs because of how poorly it it its damage output is so pathetic and. What it takes you to have use to it, upgrade it. That's the issue. I, I, yeah, you think I wait till like a late game pickup and picked up like a high proficiency hollow seeker and tried it? Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter. No matter what that thing has on it, it doesn't it has no stopping. Stopping power is important. It has no yeah. stopping power. Stagger power or stopping power. Yeah. Like shotgun stop thing. The carbine stops things from moving. Like it, like it, you know. Like you gotta you gotta have stopping power, you know. And the, the hollow seeker. What is it? It's like a weird. It's like a weird machine gun kind of thing. Almost like an LMG. Maybe like an LMG. Yeah, it's, it's like kind of like a, a lot, of, a lot of 
ammo, but it has so much ammo because it's not doing any damage. Like it's like it just, it's just and the things kind of home in. It's got skills that add to like it shoots like this wave of energy out of the front of it. Like it looks cool and sounds cool, but I I cannot defend this gun. Like I I, I just think it's completely completely worthless. Do you ever have any any anything about that gun that made it redeemable? Any kind of run with it that like it held its own? The gun can make or break your run. Yeah, I mean, I, I used it a bunch because it had um, some of its abilities were like retrace, relocate, split beam, and this thing really call, awesome called void portals. But th- th- those are late game. But essentially, split beam it went you from firing a single beam to now you shoot two simultaneous waves of bullets at an enemy, so you're doing double damage. <laughs> and then you have this is either called retrace or relocate. But as you're firing both those beams at an enemy, if there's anything nearby, it would chain lightning. And then once you got the second upgrade, it would chain lightning from the enemy behind it. So you, you could essentially hit one enemy and be hitting four or five enemies all at once. So it yeah. gets cool. Is, is, is anything dying, though? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not as quick as some other things. Yeah, sure. But it's fun. And it, it's, its range is impeccable. Its spread was pretty narrow. And the void portals... Where you'd be firing at something, for, and I couldn't really get the timing down on them, but every now and again, just a little random portal would appear by you and have a homed-in void beam would just start firing. And it wasn't even an alt-fire. It was just it would just happen as you were firing. So I could essentially, and I think the most I had at one point was like three beams firing at one enemy, one big enemy. So it was kind of cool, but mm-hmm. it requires much more finesse. You can't brute force like you can with the, t- the carbine and stuff like that. But I left. I, I, I in, intentionally left our favorite gun. Yeah, there's a lot of other guns. Like you said, like, there is a rocket launcher. Uh, me, I pa- didn't care for the rocket launcher. It is powerful, but we're talk. We talk about the moment, like when you pull the trigger, the rockets come out. They launch out, and then they lock on and fly towards something. It's not enough. Now that is the weapon that I was given. There was one trophy I got for the the. Uh, did you get yours yet? Your. Uh, Daily trophy? You know that yet? I haven't played it because you have it and you're supposed to play it and you haven't played it. It's, it's, it's in the case. Uh, there's a, a, a trophy for the daily, a daily, a daily, just completing a daily challenge. And my daily challenge, it's a random map, a random weapon, blah, blah, blah. I think my, I think my daily challenge was the rocket launcher. You can't change guns during the daily challenge. Mm-hmm. So it got me through it. I got my, I got my trophy. There is a gun that require, like it doesn't require it, but a gun that's only fairly powerful if it charges first. It's it's a gun that defaults to a charge. What's that gun called? Uh, I don't know what it's called, but I, I didn't use. Oh, that's it. the that's the the shredder. The shredder. That's the charge. Now you can tap the trigger and it will fire weakened bursts. But for it to like kill stuff normally quicker, you have to like hold it to charge it for like a second, and that makes all the difference to me. I avoided that gun as soon as I figured that out. Was it dreadbound? What's that? Is that the, the one? The dreadbound that has it starts with three bullets. And if you miss those three bullets, you have to wait for the bullets to come back. <laughs> hey, did it? But if you're, it, it, it works great on large enemies. Yeah, it's horrible on small enemies that you miss, but on large enemies that you can you can hit constantly, is as soon as the bullet hits, it auto fills your your ammo. So you essentially have infinite ammo, and you don't have to reload, mm-hmm. which is awesome. And then I got some of the abilities for that, which are like a fourth bullet, and then I had a, like a life steal, which is on it, which is kind of cool. And that life steal as well. Mm-hmm. Mm. I only gave it two, like one or one or two chances, and I didn't like the bullets not coming back. And it was kind of a, if you miss the bullet, just like, so a, the first place I got it was in the desert, 
and the my bullets would just fly off into space and mm-hmm. like oh okay because you can miss yeah and it sucks but uh we you know all the guns our favorite one absolutely favorite, which we didn't know was gonna be our favorite it's a gun that I actually avoided in the beginning I was like this gun's dumb uh, what's it called the the electro pylon driver yeah pylon driver but it sounds silly because essentially you're shooting rebar at people yeah rebar rail spikes pylons yeah yeah and you're like this isn't really any good but then their skills uh stack up and it's the main one is pylon i think it kind of does it by default but it, like stuff adds to it the pylon web to where these all the wherever your because your pylons hit enemy they stick in enemies and they stick in the environment and then they start connecting with these energy webs all over your freaking thing. You look around and you have webs everywhere from everywhere you're firing. And the webs damage enemies. Constantly. Constantly. Which you're like, oh, it's just like little minor damage. Uh, no, it's, it's as powerful as the gun is. Like the, So the pylon webs damage seems to go up with the gun. And you have a whole room of your webs that's hanging around. And you can, you can increase... The web duration and stuff like that. Well, so you don't really get to it's chance and luck based, but you get the ability. You can yeah. get the ability for it too. Yeah, it's pretty. I mean, the gun gets very powerful, very fast. I feel like, and uh, what the best thing about it is, you could focus. You could still shoot. You shoot where you want to shoot, obviously. But the thing about what we like kind of shoot. We call it shoot it. Kind of shoot it and forget it. Kind of. You you can focus on dodging because dodging is so important in this game. Movement and dodging. You could shoot the pylons at enemies and at the ground wherever you're wherever you're shooting them at, and you can focus on your dodging while you're shooting and while you're focusing doing all that. The pylons and the web is killing everything for you. Yeah, I've had enemies rooms where I would I launched a bunch of them and I would just run around and hid behind pillars and stuff for and then. Would like you know for my ammo to come back because I missed the active reload or whatever, mm-hmm. and then when I went for my my stuff to refill my reload to happen, uh, the room would clear because the enemies would die. Because mm-hmm. sometimes you get in, it does put you in uh, quote unquote kill rooms, which are rooms that will lock, go on lockdown and mm-hmm. you have to kill all the big scary enemies in there. Yeah, which is easy easier. Not as easy in the beginning of the game. Yeah, but, uh, and I, there's a difference between uh, what I call a kill room, which it has a lockdown effect, and there's a difference between that, and then you actually have these challenge rooms, which are like three to five waves, I forget exactly how many, mm-hmm. of like, you're stuck in there until you go through these waves of enemies, and there's usually a pretty cool prize right, waiting at the end, like a really good high-proficiency weapon or yeah. some items and usually health and health upgrades. We mentioned that we have, you have to do at least one in the main game to to, to progress. Yeah. Uh, then, then you have to do the, you have to do one on each, at least one on each map for total completion, which we'll talk about on the end that we're working on total completion for this game. Yeah, but the pylon, if we're not saying it enough, everybody everybody who plays the game will have their favorite gun. We, we, we rode the carbine for... A long three time. or four, bo- three or four bosses, probably just about, and then eventually I learned that the pylon driver was our gift to and it, it, completion. And, and having now having beaten the, we beat the game ish. Yeah, we did. There's a, there's a, a, there's a true ending. A true ending, which requires extra work, but, and we're we're gonna get it. But it just it, we'll talk about that on the end because because of the random nature of the game getting the getting the extended ending takes extra work because you have to run through the maps and find a, a new item post game and then beat it again which is no problem it just we wanted to talk about the game before we spend 
however many hours you could out, possibly yeah. take on a random natured game, but we'll get there. Bosses. Really early in the game, Blake had what we call a stellar run. It was my third run. Literally, yeah. it was just epic. Yeah, so he, he ran through the whole first area really, really early and had the, perf- had the, had the gun. He had a, had a perfect gun, had the perfect bit of skill tied because you get you get into a flow kind of a flow state where you're you're just moving and you're, you're, you're you just rock like you like you're like man it's feeling good i've nailed it and he beat the first boss on his first try yeah one try that was it and played through for a while and then eventually died yeah in the next area me however it happens with me like with video games sometimes blake play like wait runs through beat something in one try i proceeded to Run through the first area, fighting the first boss. Countless. Countless times to a point where I was like, I guess this is the end of my adventure. This is, this is, this is, I mean, I, I like the game. I, like, I was at the point I was really liking it, but I was just like, I just, I guess this is, this is as far as the game's going to let me go. I just cannot beat this. I don't know what it was. I've tried all the different guns. Pretty easy to kind of focus on the uh, carbine the first time you fight them, event, eventually figuring out the carbines kind of the way to go i feel like the shotgun might work but it kind of leans pretty obvious that the carbine is the way to go bosses are dramatic i guess is the word yes they're a little more dramatic than anything else you fight normally i feel like uh very bullet helly you got to see the patterns yeah and again it's about movement when you do dash you do have a a moment of you know you know you have a invincibility frames you can Uh, dash through their attack and stuff yeah i can't remember his I can't remember his name. His name is uh, Frike. Frike. So Frike friked me up for days. Like, I, I kept trying. And, and eventually I did, obviously, beat him with a carbine. And that gave me, what that gave me was a rush of adrenaline and satisfaction I haven't felt since early Dark Souls days. Finally beating him. Now we just play through Dark Souls games and stuff like that. Like it's just a it's just a video game. Maybe we'll feel it again. I don't think we'll get. I, I still don't think we'll feel it with with Elden Ring. Cause Elden I, mean, I still just, feel when we finally beat a boss, it's like finally, yes. When we spend like a whole night fighting him. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's still there a little bit, but not quite the. I don't know if you had, but not quite the feeling I had when I when I beat Frike finally. I was just like, it's overcoming something that I thought that I couldn't do, and you, you don't. I don't get that in video games. We don't. I, me and Baker. What's it? We're baby back bitches. We don't often play difficult games, and when games have difficulty settings, we drop it to the bottom because we're just trying to have fun. So this game is so far out of our demographic. It was just on. It was just on our game fly, you know. So it just happened to come, and I wanted to at least, at least try it. The feeling of beating him is literally like I had to stand up, put the controller down, and like walk around the house. He, he, he was like, "I did it! I did it! I did it!" I was, I was like, "Whoa!" Took my headset off, threw it on the freaking bed, threw the controller down. I, I'm I'm lucky that when he dies, nothing else happens because I, I when when he when he when he died, I just threw it all off and had to walk around the house. I was hot, my hands were sweating, and I was just I was I was I was heated up, and I was just like, my God, my heart was pounding. I was like, I haven't felt that for a video game, in I mean I mean since Dark Souls probably early Dark Souls or Demon Souls probably like you just don't you just don't get it very often in in gaming, and that was kind of what motivated me to keep on keep on keeping on. Which is a dead, dead stranding thing, but yeah. keep on keeping on. What that does is move, you move on into, he gives you a key and you move on to the next map. We can't go into all this because we're already over an hour on the podcast, but uh, we can go through each ball. Well, I don't want to spoil the I bosses. Know, I'm kind of fine sticking. 
if we, we see we people don't know they know the boss's name but they don't know what the fight was like yeah and you, you can't you can't word these fights because fr- what fright does he has and, it, and it's another thing where you, like you feel like I'm the one making mistake when I was fighting Frike and I kept losing to Frike I'm like what is wrong with me every boss has three life bars has three phases the life bar they phase and their attacks slightly change or they get added, added in a new one sometimes I don't think Frike even added new attacks Frike just kind of it, well the attack was like longer yeah so Frike had only certain he had like a kind of a homing attack a little bit like a laser homing attack like energy balls and like one where he shot energy balls around the whole room. You just kind of, kind of move through them. The one that I just couldn't, my brain just would not get a grasp of, is when he would dash towards you and he has a like a like a actual green chop or something sword thing too. And I was just like, when he moves towards you, brain, just get out of the way, dodge past him, get out of the way. And my brain was like, no, I like getting hit by this attack, and we're, we're going to throw fifty runs at this getting hit by this attack because we're stupid. And that was most of my fights because he didn't, he only had three or four different attacks. Now, like phase three, he would, he would dash, dash slash, I think twice. Sometimes he would do it twice. Mm-hmm. I think on by his third life bar, he would dash, dash, and then slash. But I would get through, I had, run, I had fights of him where I would get through two life bars without getting hit by anything. I played so much on this boss and got so used to him. That was like, I get through two life bars the third life bar, nothing changes. His attacks are the same. And my brain would just shut off. And everything, my health bar drops a lot faster than his does when my, when my brain just collapses on itself. And I, my, my, whole, my, whole, my whole fight would just crash and burn on his third life bar. And I could not believe it every, every single time it happened. I that, wish I could see how many times. I think you might, be, you might be able to see how many times a boss can kill you. Can actually, I can go, in your in your bestery. You can see how many times the creatures killed you. Oh, I, I, need, I should have looked at that. Well, I, did, I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, I, I thought that'd be I, too I disheartening. Need, I need to I need to go look at Fry and see how many times he killed me. Dang, I wish I would looked at that before I got on here. But uh, so all this to say, Drew's endeavor with Fry and I beat it in one 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 run. Mm-hmm. And then we, he manages to make it to and through the second, the third, the fourth. Second, third, I think. Yeah, you made it to the, through the fourth. I did. No? Not your first try, but you took him a few tries, but you made it pretty quickly. The second one's Hyperion, right? Is it Hyperion second? Mm-mm. Hyperion third? Ixion. Ixion's the second one. Then Hyperion. Mm-hmm. Then the other boss. You made it through the third one. Yeah, so hey, I don't I, think so you did I, it on I your first. I proceeded... Not to uh, beat the levels, but I then proceeded to beat the second, third, hey, and fourth boss. Let me name the bosses real quick, just so. We, okay, so the bosses in order go: Frike, Exion, Nemesis, then Hyperion, and then Orphan. There's only five, because Nemesis is the third one, the big boy one. Yeah, Hyperion's after that. Mm-hmm. Hyperion is in the over. Overgrown jungle. That's because of the music thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the organ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's a cool boss. I'll say only slightly because I only fought him one time. So, like, so there's a weird part later in the game where you're like chasing this song. Maybe that's why it's called the Echoing Ruins because mm-hmm. you're chasing this song. It's this song that never stops playing. And when you get to the boss, it's Hyperion, right? Mm-hmm. Hyperion's playing an organ. That's he's playing the song, which is pretty cool. He's playing the organ while fighting you. Like he plays he only stands up at like phase two, I think. I think phase three he sits back down, I feel he like he stands back up, but you usually about halfway through the second and third life part he sits back down and yeah. it starts getting So bonkers. he's playing the organ 
and the organ itself is like his weapon, I guess, but he's playing that song and it's so cool. And I was wondering, I can't, you're so focused on not dying. I can't, I was like, I wonder like, are the attacks, they're probably not, it'd be, I don't know, who knows, are the attacks flying at you to the rhythm of him playing the song? Is that what, is that, is that the, the way the attack, but there's so much flying at you that I could more focused on uh, killing him. He makes a mistake that him and kind of the last boss make is well, not a mistake, but they're immobile. Yeah. They partially. Sta- him and the, and the final yeah. boss are stationary. Yeah. And I think that's what threw you off. So so I did manage to beat Ixion, Hyperion, and... Ixion, Nemesis. Nemesis. I keep thinking Nemesis. For some reason, I think Hyperion was before Nemesis. Nope. Ixion, Nemesis, and Hyperion, I all beat. Not on the, not on the same... Well... I think they may have been on like the Sega because you, you, you paused your game because you, your run was going too well and it was getting too late at night. Yeah. And you picked it back up and kept oh, going. No, same. I had one incredible run. I had one. In, I think I ran through two bosses. I did because you get the the, the, re- yeah. the reset. So I, I ran through Ixion and Nemesis all in the same run. Yeah. This was after struggling. I, I, I fought Fright for like two weeks. We give or take, yeah. And I kept encouraging. I wasn't playing every night. But Blake did keep encouraging me to keep trying, you know, turn it back on, try again. He beat it. He didn't moved on. But yeah, but then I got to Exion. I got to, I got to Exion first. Yeah. So what did. happens? Like you were, I was struggling to even make it through to him. To him. So you didn't even see him before I. You didn't even see him before I beat him. And so I came in one night or one day the next morning we're driving to work and I was like, so I have a run that won't stop. And you're like, what? And I was like, I have a run that just, I mean, I died eventually. I was like, I have a, I have a run. I was like, I beat the second and third boss. And you're like, you're, you're, you're freaking kidding me, right? And I was like, no, I'm not. This run's sick and it won't quit. So, which led to Blake, then not nowhere near about as Frank, I don't think, but you had a, you had a lot of struggles. Maybe you did. I don't know. You have a lot, a lot of struggles with that. I don't that think thing. it was as bad, but I had a lot. You fought Exion so many times. He goes from, he's the most mobile boss. Oh, yeah. But he flies. So he's the most. Mobile, I think. Uh, well, not I think. He obviously is the most mobile of the bosses. Actually, of all the... Frike, Frike just stays on the ground in front of you and moves around in the room. Frike's in like a good a first very boss because he's just room, an enclosed chamber. room and you're just in a chamber with Frike. But you move to Exion and you're out on this big platform at the top of a mountain and he could fly wherever he wants to and dash in and this whole thing, freaking thing. Hmm. I think... Yeah, because Nemesis is basically immobile. Yeah. Hyperion is partially immobile. Because he gets up, but he sits back down. Orphan, Orphan, however you say it. Orphan, Orphan is completely stationary. And who is the other one? Nemesis, Orphan. That's all of them. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. There, there's there's the DLC boss. We 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 dug too deep into that yet. But yeah, so that that is crazy. But uh, yeah, he, I think they're focused is for you to focus on not get his dot because get the patterns down and dying. Now he has a a stationary boss does not mean it's harmless. No, no, God no. <laughs> No, no, no. The amount of stuff they fire at you. It's like, mean, I thought really pretty sure House Marquee was a bullet hell developer. I think Stardust is like a bullet hell game. Mm-hmm. They're a bullet. I thought they were more of a focus. I thought they had more bullet hell games under their belt. This is, these bosses, I mean, the, I mean, the, the, the regular fights can turn into it too with enough enemies, but this is a bullet hell kind of game a lot of the times. But what do you have to say about your Exion adventures? I, I get to the point, because the game does do a nice thing for you. Is it, it becomes with it being a rogue like. Yeah. Is you get to keep some things. Yeah. You have these things called ether. Yeah, which is a currency. It's a permanent currency that travels through and lets you, uh, you can use it to get a resurrection machine. 
You can also use it to cleanse bad items. Malignant. malignant. We, we, we didn't talk about malignancy. Yeah. Or malfunctions, really. Because there's a, there's a lot to talk, too much to talk about. And I'm trying not to like go down all, each each individual route because we, we talked about seven hours. But you can use it to cleanse bad things so that they don't harm you when you pick them up, basically. I'll just, that's, that's, the, yeah. that's all you need to know about malignancy and malfunctions. Well, malfunctions, easy. It puts a... A big negative. So it's the price you pay for pick, picking up an item sometimes. You get a malfunction on your suit, has a negative, and then a criteria to cure it. Sometimes it's craft an item, sometimes it's kill so many enemies, sometimes it's... Collect the, the collect, money. Use an item. Yeah. Collect so much obelite, which is the which is the other currency that disappears. Mm-hmm. So it's usually that you, you take a you take a, a negative after picking something up. You take a negative and you have to cure the negative. You can have multiple malfunctions up to three. Up to three, I think. If you get if you get another additional one, it kills you instantly. I think no critical malfunctions is what it'll do. A critical malfunction is a severe thing. Like I had one that was. Uh, You're more ballsy with malfunctions than I was early on. Because uh, I was like, eh, hey, well, you know, because sometimes they were incredibly rewarding. Yeah. And other times they were awful. You got to a point um, where I just started avoiding If it was purple at all, any sort of, I was like, I just avoided it. And I was able to get through the game. Because yeah. the, the risk-reward, the, the risk wasn't worth it half the time. A lot of risk-reward in this game. But I had one that was, your melee weapon deals 50% less damage. And then another one that was like, your dash cooldown was five extra seconds and then I yeah and then I had something also was my your actual damage output was down like 20 like they get stupid but a critical malfunction is a massive one like the 20% damage output on everything 20% across the board for what you have until you get it gone but critical malfunctions also negative protection I've, I've had negative protection too but the critical malfunctions will like hurt you and they will literally take away your health upgrade like the health upgrades that you have it'll decrease your health upgrade we didn't talk about those it'll take away keys that you need it'll it'll destroy a key sucks I don't think I ever got a critical I was too I was, I was, too, I was too wary of them I wanted to see what because like death. I said I did death runs after yeah. a certain point I was, like, I was like what's the worst that could happen I'm already going to die <laughs> so I'd pick up all these things just to see what they did do and then after a while I, if it had any purple I just didn't even bother picking it up it wasn't worth it it, it, the, the cost for us of reward wasn't yeah. I'm not a gambling man <laughs> yeah but essentially I was making it what happened is so you have to run through so I would explain that you have to uh, when you beat the first when you beat Freak you get access to the second area the Crimson Waste when you die in the Crimson Wastes it does put you back onto the first map mm-hmm. and you're like when we first happened we're like oh my god but the boss key, the root, the key carries over, so you you don't have to fight Frike anymore. Mm-mm. All you got to do is find the room that has the te- portal, teleport teleporter. That leads to is you don't necessarily you, you think you if you're really good you kind of think oh I'll just run to the crimson wastes, which I've tried and you might have tried too. It's a mistake normally. I mean you could probably hope do okay, but you kind of want to use the first area to warm up and power up. And then you go into, because you, you can always find the door, like, okay, cool, the door's right here. Let me go get a gun and get some health upgrades, and then I'll run into Crimson Waste. is harder, supposedly. Yeah. I mean, it depends on how you handle enemies, but like Crimson Waste is harder. But it, I will, how do I explain this? Is at each biome change, as soon as you get there through the portal, is there tends to be 
a, a nice little like, hey, welcome to this new area. And there's uh, it's always on a pedestal, and it's a uh, there's two things. Every time you get to a new biome, there's a pedestal that has usually an item, usually a healing item, and then right beside the front door are these. Uh, what do you call them? Weapon. The carburetor, what are they called? Calib- calibrators. Calibrators. The calibrators, which would automatically bump your weapon proficiency up to where the creators of the game think that it should be for this area. Yeah. So from you, you couldn't. You it's. I guess in, you could run into there with the pistol and be okay if you find a weapon quick enough, or if you're just good. I mean. Yeah. So like they don't they hamper you, but it the rogue like nature allows you to at least have. A chance. Yeah, yeah, you don't. At least you don't have to repeatedly fight. Freak. You're not. Com- you you do. Freak, freak, completely start over, ish. But you're. You know, I keep repeating myself now. But you, they give you a chance. Yeah. Now you're like okay with it. Before you were like I'm sick, running through the forest, jungle. Trying, yeah, trying I mean, to get once to they kind of like understood, because nothing sucks more than spending ninety minutes powering up and then dying in the first life bar of a boss, and then it's just disheartening. But I went through so many times on this boss. Like, I don't even know how many times. And then the, the the night I beat him, I didn't actually plan on beating him. I had an awful gun. Uh, <laughs> I was just like, well, like, I made it all the way to him. Might as well give it a go. Give it a go. But the cool thing the desert does do is you have to run through the desert. And then you get to a mountain shrine. And you have to make it through the mountain shrine up to the summit. And Exion's at the summit. Once you've made it to the summit one time, it actually activates a shortcut for each each additional thing. So I got to a point where I wasn't having to run through the the shrine. I could literally make it through the Crimson Waste, the, the Desert Prior, and then just warp and go fight the boss. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was doing. Now, I could go into the dungeon, but I risked uh, into the shrine, and I risked dying. Risk reward. You risk... Getting hurt a bunch, or and getting more powerful, but it's it's that you gotta. So I, I literally just stopped going in there, though. Yeah, which is your, which is a viable choice if you think you got enough stuff. You got you got the right gun. You got a you got a you got a health item, and you're like, I just want to fight the boss. Which made me. It took me literally. I would completely clear out everything in the jungle, except for the boss, and then I would clear everything in the desert, all the side paths that I could, and then just say, screw the shrine, and hop up to the summit. And like I said, the night I beat him, I really wasn't planning on beating. I went in there with like one extra health upgrade, some items that didn't heal me. <laughs> and uh, I was like, well, screw it. And then it was just like, oh, I might actually win. Holy crap. <laughs> Holy crap. I'm, and I, 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 I beat him by not meaning to. I guess I didn't care. So I was completely relaxed. What's it matter? And then I ended up winning. And then it took me, uh, I one shot, well, I one shot it. I won. In one try, beat Nemesis. I think Nemesis, but is, I think you helped me. You're like it's Nemesis isn't as bad as it seems. It's, it's a confusing boss, but there's like there's a lot happening without spoil. There's a lot happening. It's on a big the, cinematic. It's boss. a big kind of a cinematic boss. Now you can definitely die, yeah. but there's big big things that are happening that are kind of away from you, but and, and distracting and different attacks happening all over the screen. But you have by then you have an extra bit of movement because Exion gives you an upgrade. We we don't want to spoil. No. Exion gives you an upgrade which you can you, you use for the next area and then up until that boss. And you have so much movement, even more movement during that boss that I just I just didn't struggle. I actually struggled the other night when I, on, on, on 
it was like last weekend, whatever it was when I was playing, when I was fighting, when we were playing through more to try to un- get all the unlockables mm-hmm. and get the platinum, is uh, I fought him. I had him harder. I bought, I beat him the other night. I told you I beat him too. Mm-hmm. I played straight through to him, and I was like, man, he was harder this time than he was last time I fought him, which I thought was the first time I fought mm-hmm. him, which is strange. but Maybe. And that led me to I, one one trying nemesis, which was fantastic. And then I struggled a little bit on Hyperion, but once I got I once I got so far into it, was was Hyperion was that about when I when I, when I told you about the pylon driver? I think so. I don't know if I used the pylon driver on Hyperion. I think I discovered the pylon driver after I fought Hyperion. I think I might have still I might I might have been still been fighting him with the assault rifle, which is fine. Yeah. He doesn't he doesn't move. It, it, it would go, and then we would have later on a, a role reversal, where after Hyperion, there is a it does this weird thing where like the game gets a little repetitive, where you have the the left door and the right door, and then that leads to Hyperion, which is a boss, and then after Hyperion, you go to the Frozen Wastes, which leads to one path, two path, three path. You gotta go through three different doors. And then I struggled there for the longest time. I couldn't be, I couldn't get through because you have to go through each. You got to collect these three keys, run through each sec, each randomized section. This is where you get the one challenge room. You have to fight one yeah. of the doors is a challenge room. I was there forever. I could not, I could not. I kept getting dying, and I was, and I think in the back of my mind, what it was. As I was so nervous because you're getting these three keys for this door, I'm like, God, I'm, I'm fighting these fights are hard, uh, and then like I'm gonna, I'm gonna get these three freaking keys and walk into a door and it's gonna be a, a, another boss. I'm just like, I was just like stressed. I was like stressed out and it's like, man, I don't think I can do this. But I did do it first. I did get to it before you did. You got to it, but you didn't beat it. Yeah. What well, I did? Oh, because oh, you, you you're the one who told me that. Oh man, after Hyperion, you go to this thing that's three paths. And it just ends in an amazing suit upgrade. There is no boss. Yeah, I was like, oh, it's such a relief. I think you had that that bit of a relief, relief in you. Know, we're, well, spo- we're, knew- sp- we're spoiling that for people, but it might be just that push you need to keep going in the frozen. But knowing it, it, it frozen ain't... wastes. Is it frozen wastes? Because it's crimson wastes. I don't know if it's frozen wastes. But anyway, it's a snow area. If it helps you, if it helps somebody get further in this game, we'll tell you that it's the frozen area of the game. You three pass. You're not building up to fight. A boss behind that door. It's called the Fractured Wastes. Fractured Wastes. So if it helps you, motivate you to keep playing. We want people to keep playing. Don't yes. quit. We we kept, we, we pushed through, we kept going. But uh, that's not a boss behind that big door. Well, because essentially what happened for me is Drew had that amazing run where he went through Exion and Nemesis and almost beat Hyperion. I beat Hyperion. All one, all one. Oh, that was all one? one yeah. Okay. I, no, I, I must have died... On the way to Hyperion. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't beat three bosses in a row. I beat two in a row, but then I did beat Hyperion on my first try. Yeah, once you finally got but to him. But when I got to him, yes. Now he wasn't three bosses in a row. Yeah. But I, I don't think it was. So what? What happened for me in the in in, in a an astonishing role reversal is I struggled on Hyperion for a little while. You fought him what two or three times? I, well, it was a couple. It was ten, give or take. It was to make it to him. Making it to was, him was yeah. the issue for me, but then. By that point in time, Drew had made it all the way to the final boss, fought it, realized he had fought it wrong. Yeah, you can, he, fight, you can he, fight the last boss wrong. <laughs> when he because there's a certain thing you have to do, and he he ended up 
He's like, man, uh, he, I think he, he made him on like his second try once he figured out how to fight him. And he told me, he's like, hey, when you get the final boss, you got to do this. I'm like, man, I'm still on Hyperion. You've already beat the game. Oh, my, you know, I was mad because I'd struggled so long on XCM. I think my XCM struggle was longer than your Frike struggle. It had to have been. Might have been. Or maybe, you, I don't know. But then in just a random aha, you know, the way the universe works is I beat Hyperion and then I beat the rest of the game in one night. I, got, I, I rode the finally beating Hyperion. Yeah, rode through the Fractured Waste in one run. And then I rode through the final area called the Abyssal Scar and the final boss all in one run. Epic, one epic night. And Drew was Absolutely just like, you epic. did what? Yeah, <laughs> I was one, like, one, I, I couldn't stop. <laughs> one epic night of playing. And we, we, I gave we, you a little bit of uh, some Abyssal Scar warning. I told you there's a certain, probably, I would say the most annoying enemy in the game. Some kamikaze enemies. There's a kamikaze. You find some other kamikaze things. No, not, there's, there's other flying things in the game that they dash you and hurt you. The little, yeah, the those stupid ghosts. ghosts. Uh, not they, ghosts, but they look like They ghosts. flash you and run into you. These they things, give you fair warning. Like They start they glowing up. orange. Well, these things do, too. In the but they're end. glowing the whole time, because as soon as they touch you, they're going to go boom. There's yeah. a difference between something charging up and then something but, constantly uh, being... This thing, the things in the Abyssal Scar have the most annoying. The kamikaze enemies are the worst thing, and they're by far the only, only thing in the game I hate dealing with. And I dread when I when I have to go do some more runs in there. I'm going to hate fighting those dang things again because I want to keep doing it. But uh, yeah, a little bit of warning on those things. But you seem like you didn't struggle that bad with them as I did. Like you kind of knew. I didn't struggle because the the god run that I was on. Remember, I ended up having like 50 percent protection. Yeah, I was only insane. taking half damage from them. On top of, I had um. That amazing pylon, pylon driver, just, the pylon driver, which also had an amazing thing called pylon protection. That as long as I fired a pylon near me, I gained an additional ten percent protection, and I had a an artifact. Which artifacts we haven't really talked about. Those those are like passive upgrades. Passive upgrades that stick with you through your run. They the, none of them stick around past your first past the run you're on when you die. But I had one that was low integrity healing. So if my health got into the red, it would automatically heal back up. Mm-hmm. Slowly, not instantly. Slowly, but it would heal back up. And then whilst I was in the red, I had another parasite, which uh, those are... talk about parasites. I know. <laughs> parasites are same thing for artifacts or things. They're interchangeable things. You can't change out an artifact. But parasites, you can get up to five of them equipped. The artifacts are always a boon. Mm-hmm. Parasites are a... Negative and a positive. Negative and positive. A constant negative positive. Yeah. Yeah. But they tend to like work out. It's like, oh, you kind of work out in your own brain what is worth it to you, I feel like. I will take like protection. I will take uh, decreased costs in the shop and stuff like that. You kind of warrant like You're like, oh, uh, my cooldown is is my cooldown is three seconds faster, but my dash is five second recharge. No, no way. I had What I had was, because it was awesome, it was increased damage while in 20% or health 20% or less health which is the low integrity which they call uh, your health bar is called your integrity so not only did I have an auto low integrity auto repair is I had this thing that was while in low integrity you'd have 20% more damage but your money disappeared faster and I was like heck yeah I don't care about that and so I was literally just bouncing back and forth in this amazing little like god zone yeah it, like, you know, it's an incredible run. And it was just... It, I wish... It, sometimes I wish we, like, re-recorded stuff. I know. I wish I, I wish I had a run of it. Yeah. It's but, like an incredible freaking run. Yeah. And then it was just amazing. 
Yeah. Plus that and having the, the best weapon in the game, the pylon driver. Yeah. Because I'd literally, because after a while, your pylons will disappear. And so while fighting the final boss because of the pylon protection, I'd literally shoot one at my foot and then spend the rest of my ammo shooting at the boss. And anytime, as soon as the, because I didn't move hardly. I was just kind of like strafing left and right, dodging the stuff. Yeah. And as soon as my, the little red glow disappeared from like my screen, I'd shoot myself down in the foot again and then strafe back and forth. Can you imagine like the, we're, we're like shooting a pylon in your foot. Ooh, I need that protection. That so good. <laughs> it protects so good. And the end. The game was the game is amazing. Yeah, it is a roller coaster of emotions. emotions. We went from both. We we both had large weeks or days of hating it, and then back to loving it, and then beating it. You're just like, and then now that you've beat it, all the stress is gone. So you just turn it on. You're like, oh, I died. Oh well. Yeah. So now I, what we're doing? Like, I beat you. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> so what there is, and I don't want to spoil it. Once you beat the game. There is a there's a true ending which takes additional plays. Of course, you have, there's a new item that's available. The story stuff we're skipping. Yeah, we talk about that. There's a new item you have to collect. One piece. There's six pieces. The one that one because there's six biomes. There's one piece in each biome. You collect all the pieces of it. Do one more. It's just you collect all the pieces and you got to beat the game one more time and you get a final final ending. Yeah, which we've considered it beat ourselves. We're very happy. We're still playing. So what happened was we sent it. We're looking at the trophies and looking at what it takes to do that, and it's uh, because of the random nature of the game. It's a, it's a, it is a, a bit of a time sink. So we sent it back on GameFly because I was able to send it back on GameFly, and I bought a cheaper copy on eBay. So we went ahead and bought bought the game from eBay. I would have bought it from GameFly, but the price was higher for some reasons. Well, we had we're, a we're chance, cheap, but cheap. we missed the GameFly dollars because we held on because we weren't expecting to beat it. We're like, we're not gonna beat a, buy a game we can't beat. Yeah, and then we ended up beating it, and there's a whole. So funny, we world. we buy we bought the game after we beat it, quote unquote beat it. So what we're doing now is occasionally we'll, we'll turn it on. And we'll have a weekend where we play. I haven't played it. I didn't play it this past two weeks. Like I've been playing our other. Talk about wasting time on a not good GameFly. We'll get to that in our GameFly episode. We wasted a bunch of time. Well, we beat that game though. Unfortunately, yeah. Well, sort of. Sort of beat that game. Uh, so I spent the past couple of weekends playing a, a bad GameFly game, and I could have been playing this game instead. But this game, what this game has, is uh, we think we could. We're, we're planning on platinuming this game because it's just a matter of now. It's just we have to unlock. There's audio logs and uh, these translation collectibles, like for this alien language. But the problem with those is though they're random, they're randomly placed in the game in the maps. So you got to rerun the maps until you find all the stuff. So now we're just doing runs. Where Blake's just trying all the guns, and we're you're, now it's just it's just fun. You just run around and like I just want to play this until I die. And if I die, whatever, I'll just run it again because I, I need the collectibles anyway. So now we're just playing just to do the collectibles to get the items to work our way towards the platinum. So I know we've talked about it being a a rogue like and that you die. Have we mentioned the fact that there's a reason, like a story reason, like you're caught in a in a time loop? We don't want to talk too much about that. I don't want to spoil because it's the the reveals and what's happening. Yeah, I don't I don't want to either because cool. you find out very quickly after like your first death that you are in fact caught on a time loop on this planet, which is why the roguelike nature works it makes they sense give you a story reason why why they give you a reason why you're restarting because i only thought about it because you brought, brought up these audio logs and so you some yeah, some cool thing about the audio logs you're gonna mention yeah, that they're, they're in they're in di- they're from different version different times of of Celine's Celine. time on this planet and sometimes like it's someone who 
who's scared and weak. And she's like, um, I'm, I'm, she's, they're like, you listen to the audio log. And she's like, I didn't make this. This is, the date for this is, uh, you know, a month after, from now. What is going on? And he's like, this is really cool. Like, we talked about it earlier, being a, like a first person action. Third person. Third person action shooter. But there is a, a massive amount of like some psychological thriller horror. go Because this poor character. Is she finds out that like some of the star dates, I say star dates, but some of the like dates are like from 50 or 60 years in her future. And that person is talking crazy. Yeah. They're like, you're trying to grasp how long she's been on this planet. Because I mentioned way earlier that Atropos is from Greek mythology. Yeah. You even mentioned the name of the planet. Yeah. Well, maybe in passing. Well, the, the, her ship is called the Helios, which is Helios uh, for also Greek mythology is the Sun Titan, and it's like you know that he's the the essentially the father of Zeus, Poseidon, Hades. You know, you know Greek mythology. Now, Atropos, though that requires a little further digging. God, I can't remember all three of their names, but the Moray, uh, the Fate, the three sisters of Fate. Atropos is the eldest sister of the three Fates, and you have. Atropos, Clotho, and uh, Lachesis. And so Atropos is essentially the one that would choose the manner of death. That's funny. And so she, at certain points, I'm bringing this up because I want to talk about one of the the add-ons they did called the Tower of Sisyphus. Yeah, this is a free add-on. Yes. The Tower of Sisyphus, Sisyphus in Greek mythology, is the guy, he ends up cheating death and getting out of uh, the underworld, or he ends up cheating and trading souls. I forget the exact story off the top of my head, but regardless, he gets cursed to push a boulder up a hill, and then every day have the boulder fall back down, and he has to keep pushing it up, and he'll never make it to the summit. That's Sisyphus. And so at a certain point in one of these dialogues, she compares herself to these people, these Greek deities and Greek tragedies, and she's like, Sisyphus had his stone. I, Selene, am the goddess of blood and time. And you're just like, she's like, this, this, this 60, 70 year old version of her in the future has gone batty. Yeah. And she's like, I'll never forget. She's like, I never want to be that monster. Yeah. Well, like, your, your current Selene is. Yeah. The, she responds to the audio logs. Yeah. Sometimes. Like, it's it's an amazing tale. It's cool what the way it's done. Yeah, and you're always hitting stuff out, out of out of time and out of order, and you're just like, what is what is happening? Especially early on the game, you'll you'll hear some really weird ones. You're just like, what is going on here? And you kind of you, you and there's other stuff happening, putting putting it together. There's uh, I'm not gonna talk about the one with the the house stuff. I'm not gonna talk. I, well, there, that's one of the things I Sam I wanted to bring up because of the psychological horror element is it's only in the jungle you'll come across a a safe room. A completely safe, won't hurt you at all room, and it just has a like a, a house, a house, a, a locked house that you can't get into until. I'm not, granted, it's a house. You don't see houses in this game. It's like this weird, like a white picket fence house. It's like a farmhouse that you see in other other flashes. It's just like lodged into the wall of this jungle, and it's it, it's weird on purpose. Yeah, because one of the items you first pick it up called the 20th century house key. And then after each boss, you can go back, but and you go back to the house, and there's a whole cutscene that is kind of explaining some sort of, of, sort of some of Celine's past and how she ended up being 
on the ship, which eventually lands on Atrop. Like it gives this like it's a whole thing. Yeah, and I don't want to spoil any of that because that leads to a different type of exploratory first person exploratory gameplay. Just a little bit. There's no, yeah. you, don't, you don't have to do anything. So when you walk into the house, the view, the camera zoom kind of pulls in to where you're seeing inside her helmet. You're, you're inside her helmet. You're walking around the house. I will say, for atmosphere's sake, the house is extremely creepy. Yeah. The, the way the music is, the sound effects, and the whole mood of being inside the house in first person is very, very creepy. And I was like, I really want House Marquee to make a scary game. Yeah, and that's I think all that, I'm I gonna... think they have it in them. Yeah, like... we won't spoil what happens in these scenes, but it's like... And I think it's that shift to first person too that makes you're, you're never in first person the rest of the game. Well, I guess you're on first person when you're on your ship a little bit. Yeah. You can walk around your ship. You can look at your your st- statistics, your overall statistics, and you can like lay in the bed for some reason. And have dreams. And you can uh, and, the, and the, uh, on your ship is the computer where you can do the uh, daily challenges. I only did one for the trophy. And then when you walk outside your ship, the camera pulls out and you're in third person. But the ship's not creepy. The house is very creepy. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't want to, I don't want to risk spoiling that for anybody. I just yeah. want to know that there's a cool well, thing that does happen yes. a couple times. Lots of cool stuff. And then like you said, we haven't we haven't delved too far into the the free kind of the free DLC, but it's a whole thing. The Tower of Sisyphus is a whole thing. It's a it's a battle tower, but it has which I wanted I want to play more to and dig into. Instead of a house, you have these in between scenes of it that are first person in a hospital. So I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I've, I've only did like two of those scenes. So I don't know what's going on there. So I'm gonna play. Yeah. My my plan is because those those trophies for the Tower of Syphysis are separated from the main game. Try to get the main. I kind of want to platinum the main game and then like work and then start kind of playing Sisyphus. 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 Sisyphus more. Uh, so we have a, a lot of game to still play, and we I, I don't know if we'll bring it on the podcast again, do another episode on it when it's completed, because there's just we'd be saying more of the same stuff we're saying. Exactly. But uh, Sisyphus has its own specific boss and, and kind of some trophies and stuff like that too. I've played it a little bit. You did a run. Did you beat the the, the first boss? Of I beat because he's two forms. I beat his first form, which is about halfway yeah. through the tower, but I haven't fought the second. I haven't one. fought second. I, I died the tower too. That's pretty cool. I don't know this game. This is crazy. Like I, I, if you've you've heard me and me and talk about games, there's no no reason we should have liked this game. This game is it's hard all the time. Like it's it's kind of, I mean, I guess it is hard. There's no way to say, oh, it's not hard. Like there's there's like a, a feeling of like now we beat the game that like, so we so we we, we did some post game runs. Now we're doing collectibles and stuff like that. And I'll without fighting bosses, like Blake did. You we ran through three map one two three ran through all three of the first first three maps in one run and ended up beating Nemesis uh, and we, and again we, and we both beat Nemesis like we skipped the first two bosses. There's a story reason why you don't go from the third area straight to the fourth area. We don't want to spoil that, but uh, we, we we now we've both done runs where you you run we we, we just we you just you're better at playing. You know what items do. You know what you want and stuff and to like avoid that. the malignant stuff. Avoid malignant stuff unless you want to risk it for whatever reason. So there's just like ways to playing that we're now we're just we're like on the like the the like the pure joy side of this in in a way. There's like yeah, there's just no. there's just no stress anymore once you beat the last boss and you see the the initial ending. It it, it is an ending. Yeah, you know it is. It is. You can a, be satisfied it, with that. It, you could beat it and be done with it, and not even you might people might beat that in because the credits roll. Like mm-hmm. it's the game's. But I think it's for the people who really are interested to like do the. The next, the next steps to go, and which, which is what we're doing, to see what happens in the true part of the the ending. Because we, we I want to speak about two things, and then we can kind of like we can flow out of it. Yeah. With the um, it's called the Ascension update, 
and that's where the Tower of Sisyphus came. Okay, cool. But also free, mind you, free. But this is also the update that allows people to online co-op. Only two people, and you play together in the campaign together, which is insane. Because me and Blake did not. We we had, we had a disc version. For some reason, in a game that has apparently full online co-op, well, my my PlayStation Pro had ret- expired plus, plus and uh, we were because we're piggybacking off yours or something. I forget exactly what we're your doing. Pl- your plus, anyway. We share we share a plus, but anyway, that's not the, the point. The point is like, what is it about this game that made us not even attempt to try to do it in co-op? Yeah, why did we? What is it like? What is it about this game that we 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 decided to do? All the way through. I am curious now that we've beat it. I wouldn't mind trying it once or twice just to see what the co-op would be like. I wonder if it's just ramped up. We don't know. It's so weird. A game that has co-op that we just didn't do. We didn't touch on it. Yeah. Didn't even touch it. You do see reminiscent sort of... It's kind of like a mixture of Dark Souls and Neo in a way. You do have though every room will have these suit signals. We didn't, we didn't mention this. Yeah, you'll touch a, a signal, a, a suit, and it'll, it'll do a playback of a, a person who died. Two things will happen. One, you'll either fight a, a super creature. Or if you you have a choice, you have to uh, to cleanse them oh. or avenge them. If you avenge them, you fight the creature. If you cleanse them, you get you use some ether, but you get less stuff. You get more you get stuff. Ether for beating it. You get more. If you cleanse, if you avenge them, you get less. If you just cleanse it, if so that you, triggers the two versions, the two variants, because there's two. Either you fight an enemy, enemy. It's or either hold holding, triangle or hold square. Holding triangle is to purify them, or holding square is to purify them. Holding triangles to avenge them, and you get a bigger reward when you avenge them. Sometimes the stuff just collects, and and like a monstrous suit of the suit stands up. Did you ever fight that? No, that's the, I guess it's from like when you cleanse it, because when you avenge it, you fight the monster that killed them. Oh, see, I stopped touching the suits. I did too after a while because every now and they would run over to it and it would lay it would lay down and then immediately get up because this it was like a like a like a like a suit creature. No, yeah, she talks have, about it when it happens. You have to activate it. I think it just stands up. I've never I'll, once had it, and I maybe well, I stopped touching once. them. I stopped doing it because those <laughs> those super enemies would end, was the super enemies like early. I mean, we might try it later, but those super enemies would like end your run. <laughs> They're just so, yeah. they're, like, they're like super, like malignant, like mal, mal what are they called? Uh, malicious? Mali- not malicious. There was another term for them. Uh, but they're like, they're just super versions of stuff you've been fighting. Malformed. 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 There you go. There you Malformed go. versions. And if you beat them, you get, you get some ether, but it's like, God, it's not worth it most of the time. I think they might drop a weapon or something like that. Too. They give you like an upgrade, like a higher proficiency weapon than you have the ability to get. Like if you're at plus three proficiency, they, they usually would, or any, they usually tend to drop you with that's your level or it tends to be higher to make yeah. it slightly worth it, which is really cool. But sometimes they drop a weapon you have no interest in. So it just yeah. stopped being. But what those do do is apparently uh, you, you never got one, but when you're playing online, you will get a message on your screen. So-and-so avenged, avenged you and you get like a little item. It's like a consumable, you get like a healing item or you'll get like, there's, we didn't talk about consumable items because like the most important consumable is health. Okay. But but you never saw it right. You never saw it once. I never saw it once. That's crazy. I don't know if you forgot to turn the online back on. Well, no, once you activated, it, it's on. No, but I don't have online. I didn't have plus. You, you don't. You don't have to have plus for that side. Oh, the suit running around. The, the suit stuff is not like you just. You, okay. It just gives you that. Okay. I'm assuming, or maybe it. Maybe it is because Jessica reactivated her plus. 
but you could fight the suits, whatever. Maybe, maybe, maybe you didn't get the message because you didn't have the plus. Maybe I'm I not could sure. fight other people's, but I never once had mine. Got them somebody like revenge you. I had like two, maybe three times a message pops up. Someone so avenged your death, and you get so that's part of an online kind of thing. I say it's kind of like Dark Souls. Obviously, it's like Neo. People we 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 had to watch Neo in so long, but Neo had those. Red red enemies that stood up and fought you. If you yeah. beat them, you got cool stuff. You got, you got like a that. piece of the equipment they were wearing. Yeah, so that was kind of kind of how that is. Um, so that's those. Uh, I mentioned way, way earlier. I want to talk about it real quick. I see you, you might have one more thing, but this is kind of a, a funny thing. I feel like anytime you see something new in this game, a new alien technology or a new anything, there's one little cutscene of Celine just putting her hands on everything. She touches like just so many strange, it's all the whole game's alien technology and weirdness and creatures. Well, she never is not, she never once says, maybe I shouldn't touch well, this. Well, you got to think also a, a, the way time works for her, she doesn't fear death. She doesn't know that. She doesn't really think about that, I guess. There's, there's not, there's, there's no part, she doesn't say anything like that. It's like, I'll just touch it because who cares if I die? She doesn't, she doesn't want to die. Because she, she hurts and she feels it every time. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't think that's it. I think there's just this weird character thing in her that is she a science officer? I don't know. I don't remember what what, what exactly. She's an explorer. I hate to compare it, but you look at uh, Groundhog's Day and stuff like that. Yeah. And Bill Murray says he's like he's been stabbed, beat, set on fire. He's he's he, he, he by the end of the movie he's like I am a god. I've gone through all this stuff and I can't die. I just think for her it's it's not even that she is afraid of it anymore. It's just like. What's the worst that could happen? I'll die. Yeah, but I just think it's. I just find it funny that every time there was something new, she would touch it, like the uh, the the machine that gives you an extra try. Kind mm-hmm. of, she just like gets in it. She's like, "What's the worst that could happen?" Yeah, she doesn't even think of freaking. Who knows? She doesn't know what's going to happen. She It'll just be gets eviscerated in and it really hurt. But she's like it's some kind of machine. She walks into it and it closes around her. Uh, the parasites, a little creature on the ground. She's like, it doesn't. It doesn't look. Uh, mean whatever she says and it latches onto her arm and who knows what it does she's just like well, I guess that's what that does now it happens oh well uh, and other 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 suit upgrades just like latch onto you and stuff like that she just she just touches and grabs and it's all about I mean granted most of the time it's good stuff but yeah. like it could be anything and this, this woman just let's let, she's like let's do this you said you had one more thing you know what it was the, uh, the other thing is early on the game itself is genuinely loved a lot of people like don't really like the the roguelite stuff but yeah. it's genuinely you read you read two hours read two kinds of reviews loving it and people are like this sucks it's too hard yes there's a lot of those but then there's also one of the main th- one of the one of the, the consensus one of the things i read for review was that celine's tragic endeavors often matched my own yeah <laughs> while trying to get through it so you you feel for her because you, 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 you guys are going through the same journey together it wasn't until October 21, the update for the 2.0 version, mm-hmm. is the uh, suspend cycle. Because you couldn't, that wasn't there oh, originally. Really? Well, yeah. That sucks. That wasn't there originally. But through fan outcry saying that we need some sort of save feature, save state. Yeah. Well, it's not a save. Not really, no. Suspending it means you just turn it. You turn the game off. You had you, you can wherever you're standing, you can suspend. You can't do it during combat. You can't do. I don't. Yeah, I, yeah. I didn't Google any way to cheat it. If it's if it's at all possible, I don't think they. I'm sure they've made it pretty clean on how to do it. But that's yeah. it's crazy it didn't exist before. We would use it. Yes, definitely, definitely, definitely. Just to take a break. Yeah. 
but one of the one of the people had a ho- horrible tragic story and house marquee actually reached out to them one of the reviewers and they're like so i shut my tv off because i didn't want it running all day because i was on such a good run i didn't want to give it up so i literally turned my tv off left my playstation on put a fan on it so it wouldn't overheat and then you know did w- went to work on all the stuff and came back but when i came back from work my playstation had auto updated and I'd lost my entire progress on my run. And they're like, oh, you know, I think that may have been one of the ones that like really like, oh, we because in, in her review or whatever, she's like, I would really have loved some sort of save, some sort of feature. So just turn, sometimes you got to turn it off and go do something else. You have to sleep and stuff, sleep, you know, yeah. and I think that may have been one yeah. of the things. On, they, on my mega run, on my two boss, two boss beating run, I was like. One or two in the morning, I was like, I gotta go to bed. I have to work, unfortunately. So I was able to suspend that run and come back to it, you know? That's cool. But that that led to them putting out the update 2.0, which allowed suspend cycle with rules. You you know, it's not a save. You don't need to come back to that, but you can. Because you delete, when you you come back from the suspended, it's like old school quick save where you could quick save out. Yeah. And so you could shut your Game Boy off or whatever, but when you turn it back on, you were right there, but it, it immediately deleted. Let's save. Now, with everything said, there's briefly I want to talk about the music. Yeah, it's actually a an outside dude, a gentleman named Bobby Krillick, K R L I C, who goes by the stage mon- moniker, the Haxian Cloak, hmm. and he he sticks to this is his music. Sounds like drone. He's from, it sounds like he's from this planet. <laughs> he has two albums, and he goes to concerts, and he he primarily focuses a electronica drone some dubstep and synth mm-hmm. which all makes sense to the game yeah uh he's worked i didn't see he'd worked in any, any other video games but he has worked on certain movies two big things was he's done he did he's done so far all the music for the tv show and movie version of snowpiercer mm. which is pretty cool and he's he did the entire soundtrack for midsummer you know, no. people say, I haven't watched it, people say they like that movie, but I don't know. But having that, this being his first video game, there are some pretty cool things. There is the 18th annual British Academy of Video Games, mm-hmm. and then the DICE Awards. The DICE Awards are pretty big. Yeah. yeah. Where in both of them, the game won music, best music for a game that year, and in a separate category, best audio achievement category. Audio is awesome in this game. Man, they, we, we, I wonder, were, we, we have the uh, PlayStation Four headsets. But, uh, but, uh, well, the cool thing for that too is some five, of the some of the stuff they did is uh, they used 3D spatial audio, which mm-hmm. is one of the few games to actually do that, like actual mm-hmm. spend money, as well as they had real real time ray tracing effects because mm-hmm. they wanted to completely immerse people in the experience while they were playing it. And both of those things is what led to it getting the best music and best audio. Mm-hmm. As well as for in the British thing, it won best game. Best game in the It should have been. I think what, what sucks about something like Returnal is that difficulty will keep it from winning some things. Yeah. Because it, it, it took home in the 18th uh, annual British best video game. What, best music, best audio achievement, best game, and uh, Jane Perry took home best performer. Yeah, it's awesome. So I will say this is probably uh, right here. Right here, right here we'll get all this good stuff about it. This has become 
one of my favorite games in the past five or 10 years or so, probably up there with like, I really, they're not comparable, but I really loved Death Stranding and I really do love Returnal. Like it's such a good, it's, it's just so good. It's like, uh, I'm, I'm so glad. It's crazy to think if I had quit fighting Frights, I wouldn't have got to experience the rest of this game. That is pretty. Yeah, I don't think you crazy. think. I don't know if you think of it as, as highly as I do, but I think it's one of it's one of the, one of the best games I've played. One of my favorite games I've played in a long time. You don't come across stuff like this. There's not. There's so many games out there, and people like say like indie's the way to go, and indie's indie's are only only games that are special and stuff like that. And we're not we're not a big AAA podcast. We're, Breathe. We're, yeah, but Returnal is. I think Returnal is is something special, and I think it's. Uh, worth trying not everybody can get i imagine everybody can't get through it but I, I, and you know anybody to just keep trying to keep pushing because you're going to have a run that just completely turns your game around if you have a ps5 play this game yeah period and like i said it won all those awards let's see is there anything else i need to talk about not really like i said we i think we i don't think we spoiled anything i think we did pretty good about not even talking about the second half of the game and what all the weapons and stuff do, so there's still plenty of mystery and stuff. We briefly stepped on the Tower of Sisyphus, which is literally just a tower. You know, it's pretty cool. You climb it, and you there's. We don't care about this. There's a score ver. There's a score there and a multiplier. All we care about is playing through it and seeing the and story. Getting the achievements and getting the, getting the story trophies. out yeah, of it. There's, there's like a multiplier for playing through fast and killing things without getting hit and stuff like that. I think I am. Yeah, I'm sure there's more, but it, I just say it's we, worth. We worth, didn't even talk about half the stuff, like the with the uh, the the parasites and all that crap. We didn't even mention it until near. If you can find a way to, I think it might be included in some of the one of the tiers of PlayStation Plus or something like that. It, it probably is since Sony owns them. But at least try it and don't don't quit just because you die. Dying is part of it, and you get more story when you die and stuff like that. You, you just you have to. Dying is just part. People have, people have sometimes have a hard time accepting that. Even even we when we were playing it, sometimes we're just like God, I'm just sick of dying. But dying is part of it, and just keep persevering. Is that the word? Persevering. 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 Just keep trying, and that's, we promise. Like we promise that it's this like it's an, it's an experience like no other. Like this has been one of the better things. Again, I'm, I'm drooling all over it, but I I, I love this game, and I'm, I'm going to continue playing it, and we will probably. We'll bring it up in passing again eventually. It could be forever from now. Who knows? Because it because of how it plays. But we're gonna we're both working our way to getting the uh, the platinum in this. So with that amazing game, I will. I we actually. I, I wish I thought about this more often. But sometimes it don't always work out. Is I have a pretty cool movie on the back end that semi relates as it too is also a sci fi psychological thriller slash horror movie. Mm-hmm. And this, I haven't seen this in a long time. I remember it being, uh, I caught me, it came out of left field and I really enjoyed it, mm-hmm. but it doesn't get enough love. The movie is called Pandorum, came out September 25th, 2009. It is directed by a gentleman, Christian Alvert. Besides this movie, they have one other English movie called Case 39, mm-hmm. but the majority of his movies are German. One of the bigger ones that kind of came over here is called Antibodies, and that is uh, it's mostly German, but it's definitely it's one we actually had when I back when I worked at Blockbuster, we had it in our foreign section to rent, so it it, it actually at least breached into American audiences. Not something that's only available over in Germany and stuff like that. And the writer, it's just one of those weird things that uh, this writer has only written four things. 
two shorts, this movie, and another movie that came out in 2016 called Infinity Chamber. And that sounds a lot like this. Hmm. It's a guy trapped on a prison ship where the AI has gone rogue and registered everyone on the ship as escaped convicts and is trying to kill everyone on the ship. So that sounds like something I would actually genuinely want to watch. Yeah. We have a couple of players, but I'm only going to talk about the two big ones. Playing the character of Lieutenant Peyton is Dennis Quaid. If you don't know who Dennis Quaid is, shame on you. Because Dennis Quaid is hungry like the wolf. And he's still acting. He has nine upcoming things he's working on. Some TV. Anybody who's interested, Infinity Chamber is on Amazon Prime right now. Hmm. Cool. But like I said, Dennis Quaid is still a hard-working dude. Like nine upcoming projects between the uh, we're in twenty-three. Between twenty-three and twenty-four, he has nine upcoming projects. Some of them are TV, some of them are movies. But that's that's pretty awesome. Some big things he's been in. We got Inner Space with Martin Short. He's uh, with that him and Meg Ryan. His uh, current ex-wife, ex-ex-wife Meg Meg Ryan. Doesn't matter. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, Great Balls of Fire, which is a biopic of Huey Lewis. He is one of the grown-up kids from the first Jaws movie in Jaws 3D. No, that's Jaws Revenge. Jaws 3D has nothing to do with them. Never mind. I got that broken. But he's in Jaws 3D. Uh, he is drag in Dragonheart, which is awesome. Yeah. He's in a pretty cool psychological uh, horror movie in like 2000. I, th- I think it came out in 2009 as well called The Horseman which is pretty cool. It's kind of like Seven, but people are killing in accordance to the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse, and it's it's actually pretty cool. And then he has Day After Tomorrow, which is a crazy action movie, and Frequency, which is a really cool time thing. Mm-hmm. Remember that with him and Caviezel? Mm-hmm. And like I said, he's Dennis Quaid's awesome. I love Dennis Quaid. Dennis Quaid's Dennis Quaid. And his co-star, is played by the character Bauer, is Ben Foster. And he, too, is still working. He's got three or four upcoming things this year alone. And he one of the bigger things is he's one of the, the priests in Warcraft, which I want to watch. I haven't got around to watching that yet. Yeah, I old. really want to. He's in Heller High Water opposite Chris Pine and Jeff Bridges. And then he's also in Kill Your Darlings with, um, oh my God, what's his last name? Dana, the dude from Chronicle, and he was in The Green Goblin, The Amazing Spider-Man's Dana something. And the only Dane I can think of was Carvey. No, it's not, it's Dane not him. But, you know, his name's Dane something. Yeah. But it's also Dane Dane and... Uh, why am I blinking on his name? What's Harry Potter's name? Daniel Radcliffe? Daniel Radcliffe, yes. Oh, my God. Yeah, <laughs> Daniel Radcliffe. He's also in 30 Days of Night. I ain't cutting that. You, you you lean away from the mic. I'm not cutting out. You forgot Daniel Radcliffe's name. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> I could, my brain was broken. Uh, then you have, he's also in 30 Days of Night opposite Josh Harnett, mm-hmm. who is a, a he's a favorite. Uh, uh, if, you, if you heard me talk about it on this podcast, or if you've listened to Action, he's uh, we love Josh Harnett. He's also appeared in Alpha Dog, Thomas Jane's version of The Punisher, a couple episodes of My Name is Earl. He was in X-Men 3, The Last Stand. He's Angel. And he's also in six feet, 22 episodes of Six Feet Under. So he's he's really good actor. Yeah. He's, I don't think he gets enough, uh, enough love. Anyway, so you know the, the people that you're getting into, that you have good quality behind it. Now, unfortunately, it was proposed as a trilogy. But mm-hmm. due to its low box office, it, it it's not going to happen. 
in passing, it can look like a generic sci-fi movie. And, and it is it is not. But I won't get into that. But unfortunately, the box office, it, it costs like $20 million to make. and only made like 303 hmm. And it's just they're like, nope, these sequels aren't going to happen. You suck. But essentially what happens is two crew members wake up after a prolonged hypersleep. And they are Lieutenant Peyton and uh, Bauer, like lead engineer Bauer. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is the, 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 the movie starts. This is pretty cool. I hate this trope, but I like how it is done in this movie. Is the AI in the system tells these two crew members due to the improper emergence from their, their long hypersleep that they were in, that they will have disorientation and temporary amnesia. It, it, it tells you that from the get-go. Yeah, it's like a bit of a plot device. A bit of a plot device, but it tells you that. So you start with Bauer, and as the movie goes on and he starts to remember things, you start to remember things. So that you guys unfold and go through the story together. Mm-hmm. So that is, I, I like, I like that. But it's up to you're stranded on what you eventually find out is is the interstellar arc, Elysium which has 60,000 passengers and is on a 123-year trip hmm. from Earth to its final destination. And you, the crew is on cycling. It's like, of, of the 60,000 yeah, people... You're awake for a little while, then you go to sleep, and you're awake, and you're asleep. Yeah, yeah you hopscotch through time, basically, is what you're doing. And it of the 60,000 people... It's funny what a common theme that is in, in, in sci-fi, that you almost wonder if... We're going to be doing that, you know, past our lifetime probably. But if that's going to be like be a viable thing that because it's I people don't think it. about it. Like yeah. I, I don't know if cryogenics or whatever cryogenic sleeps that hypersleep and hyper stuff sleep, like is that. that not advanced enough. But like it's such such a trope in sci-fi that you've like 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 a thing that's going to like be happening at some point. It should. It, we, it makes sense. It's we, weird. After we completely ruin this planet and have to run away from it, it makes sense. Though it is weird. But essentially, it's it's a it's a crew of eight, and they it literally goes. I think it was like two. They were going in like rote because I think each of the sixty thousand people are members of the crew, like they know how to work. And so it's literally like two years on, then these eight people go to sleep, and these other eight people wake up. Two years on, and they're just cycling. But when you wake up with Bauer and Peyton, and the ship is dead, floating through space. And you have no idea what's happening. Yeah. For, even though they have the amnesia, they still like understand. Peyton's like, hey, I'm messing with this computer, and it's telling me that I have access to all these things. Obviously, I'm good at working on a computer, so I'm going to navigate. You use the headset, and we're going to walk you through because this computer is telling me that there is a leak down in this sub-basement over here, and your your title is lead engineer this, so obviously when you get down there, hopefully you know how to fix it. He's like, yeah, I should be able to. Um, you know, he's like, he's a, he, he's, a little, he's like, I can point at that and know that that's, that's a this, that's a coupling, you know, he can like, and so they work together and they start working their way through the belly of the ship, and uh, Bauer quickly finds out with Peyton yelling at him, hey, you're not alone out there. What is that? And there are these things that have infected the ship. Mm-hmm. And essentially, they've been there for a while, is what we you come to find out. And uh, they've been feeding off any of the foodstuffs that lasted in the ship, 
once the foodstuffs ran out, they started eating the people in the hyper chamber, hyper sleep chambers. God. And yeah. so there's this this grotesque thing, things uh, caught on this massive ship, and there's just these two dudes trying to make it through to get it started to figure out what caused everything. And there are plot twists that happen, really good action. There's some random. There's a random surprise cameo of Norman Reedus. Is it Norman? I thought, I thought it was the other. I thought it was the other brother. No, it's Norman. It's not um, Sean Flannery. It's it's Norman Reedus. I thought it was Sean Flannery in this movie. No, it's one hundred percent Norman Reedus. Wow, why did I think it was Sean Flannery in that movie? I don't know. At least you knew it was one of the uh, the, the Boondock Brothers. The Boondock Brothers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought it was Sean Flannery in that movie. Huh. Weird. But it's, it's Norman. Weird memory things do to you. And I don't want to spoil anything about the movie because it is, I think, it's a great movie. And when you talk to people who've actually seen the movie on like Reddit and stuff, I don't really hear anyone talk bad about the movie. But it's just one of those things where I think they didn't know how to market it, maybe, because it's a, it's it's a good movie. But it's one of those things where you just assume that it's going to be a generic sci-fi horror movie with aliens killing people. Oh, you can't beat aliens, so I'm going to watch this movie. It's not what you think it is. It is a, I, it's a very good and different style of sci-fi by the end of the movie. Very cool. It's unfortunately not streaming. We we um, we have the Blu-ray, but uh, it's not streaming. But it's definitely worth looking. I remember it's been a long time. Blake remembers it better than I do. I do remember why I can get. I kind of wouldn't mind watching it again sometime. Yeah, um, could be a good movie for the other podcast. Now the original title of the movie was called ODS, which is Orbital Dysfunctional Syndrome which is a real thing that certain astronauts have. Mm-hmm. It's uh, caused by deep witnessing deep space. Oh, yeah, you look into the infinite? A, a, infinite and being triggered by emotional stress, yeah. which can lead to extreme paranoia, delirium, and massive nosebleeds. Yeah, it's crazy. It breaks your brain. Yeah, because you just, you just can't handle that something that we're... Some people you're just not supposed to be able to see to see into the infinite. Then, like, because you look up into the night sky, like, oh, that's kind of cool, but it's, I mean, but being up there and seeing that everything around you goes on forever. Yeah. Forever. People can't grasp that. Like, I don't, I don't think it would bother me, but I'm also not in space looking yeah. at it. It's also it's the same thing. I'm, and I've also, I accept we're we're very small in the scheme of things. Seeing that in space, also uh, that that syndrome. There's also a phobia of um, um, being on Earth called the the las the lazo the lasso phobia, and it's the fear of deep being in water. You can't see and seeing just the blackness beneath you. It's like almost the opposite. But there's a thing. But you just mm-hmm. stuff like that. But they felt that naming a movie orbital dysfunctional syndrome, well, people wouldn't get it. Yeah. So they came up with. Uh, it's a slang term. I mean, the Pandorum is the slang term for that. Sounds better. Yeah, and that's just, that's just kind of a cool little tidbit. Um, I I do have a tagline, and I'll end on the tagline. I think. Do you have anything you want to? Well, the, uh, before we ra- we wrap up with that, then I just want to thank Jared Jones and the guys of Emerge for letting us have the song "Letting Go." Uh, for the release of this podcast, it might be too close to tell, but we have bought our tickets to go see them in their hometown on February 24th. You might still have time when this podcast comes out to get your tickets and go see them. Please support them. They have a new song coming out. I think it'll be out soon. I feel like I don't have the date in my hand, but they have a new single coming out. It's very exciting. They'll probably play it live, I'm sure. I've already uh, 
Jared put out a post about which songs on the set list, and I was like, please play Letting Go. It's cool to hear it on the podcast. Oh, yeah. He commented on that, so that's fun. He'll probably play Letting Go for us at the show. We'll see. So go see them. Go support them. It's a very cool very cool band, very cool guys. I want to thank Milad Markovic, a.k.a. Devious Pixel, for all the art for this podcast and all the art for every everything we, we do, including he does the art for uh, action as well. I want to thank, always thank him for being a part of this and uh, being an all-around cool guy. And uh, that's pretty much, I think that's all I got. Uh, come to our Twitch streams, watch us play anthem right now and then we'll be switching over into monster hunters come hang out talk to us we could use some interaction with anthem because anthem's kind of boring unfortunately yes so we could use a little bit of help pushing through because we kind of want to beat games if if we can on for the co-op to have you know the co-op endeavors to have them have those podcasts be better if we can anthems some, something else but anyway come to our twitch streams you know you follow twitch.tv forward slash two smoky controllers and that will bring you to that follow us on there and just come hang out when we do that that's all I got. Thanks for listening. Uh, we, you know, we really enjoy doing this. And go play Returnal. Buy it. Go play it and share some of your experience. Tell us the, the hard times you had or the big victories you had. We we really like to hear about it. So that's all I got. Thanks again. And I'll let Blake end it with the tagline or whatever he's got for this. I want to wish everybody a good evening and good night. And remember to try and watch Pandorum. Don't fear the end of the world, fear what happens next.